Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Encanto and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain? We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, fairy tale friends. You hear my wife laughing in the background. Welcome to take two of Encanto. Oh, it's yeah. Yes. This has only happened one other time, Let's but listeners, it. we recorded a almost a full hour and we weren't recording. Yes, absolutely. But we're here now with you. Uh, before we start, I wanted to take a minute and remind you that our mailbag episode is coming up. If you haven't already, please send us an email. Call us post something on the uh on any of our uh social media the way to find all that is at link tr.ee backslash tr princess diaries our link tree should show you where you can listen to the podcast all that social media how to get a hold of us our villains rankings uh all sorts of fun stuff is there and quick to get to so um Check that out. Send us your questions uh, uh, by June 16th, I believe, and we will get it onto our mailbag episode. Mm-hmm. But, but for now, we are talking about 2021's Encanto. Yes. Uh, uh, so a, excited. A, We're finally here. A discussion finally. that yes. should feel very familiar to everyone in this room, including <laughs> our returning guest host, Amanda. Hello. Amanda, thanks Good for coming. Have- Thanks for coming back for your fifth time. I know. Yes. Five Timers Club. So excited yeah. to have you back. All started with Alice in Wonderland. Watch out, Brie. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Brie and Leanne. You. Yeah. Amanda's coming for you. <laughs> um, Amanda, we talked about this, of course, in our first go through. But what attracted you to come back to for your fifth time to Encanto? So um, I... I, I identify as half Puerto Rican. Um, so like, you know, of course that is not South American, but I think that there are some themes in this movie that I think really um, remind me of my own lived experience. Um, but also like, I do have, like I have conflicting feelings about it, even though like I completely love this movie. Um, like from three quarters of the way till the end, I'm like sobbing the whole time, mm-hmm. you know, and I really do love this movie. I, f- I feel like there's like so much care and intention that Disney had put in to make sure that it's like really reflective of Latinx culture mm-hmm. and, um, you know, but, but the plot itself, like I have feelings about, so I'm excited to sort of like talk about my my conflicts yeah i'm feelings i'm so excited to hear that we always love when people come i mean it's not necessarily a hot take but like strong opinions we welcome for sure and Mm -hmm. i know um for me i've probably seen it 
close to 10 times. I was going to say, uh, Amanda waits till three-fourths of the movie has gone by to start crying. Tara. <laughs> I cried at family. Started crying at family madrigal. Yes, I did. I was so Aww. emotional because I know the journey that Mirabelle's going on and I like already Aww. was teary. But I like openly sob. And probably towards the same part that you do. It sounds like around the same part, I'm just like weeping right. and sobbing. Yeah. And then when I stop, then something else happens and then it like starts again. Yeah. <laughs> when we got to that part in the movie, she through you know tears said i've seen this movie 10 times and i still cry the same part to which i responded 10 yeah i've seen it i i've mentioned this on other episodes but i have a set of disney movies i watch when i don't feel well or when i'm recovering um from you know if i had like a procedure or surgery or something and mulan is definitely one of them but Encanto has been put into Mm -hmm. that rotation so that's part of it i've watched it with um Kid, friends kids and things like that and then we've watched and it the together kids are like get it together lady yeah the kids are like it's okay Aunt Tara. it's okay uh but no yeah so so i've seen it many times and and love it every time and i think going back to what you're saying amanda about putting so much care and attention into the characters and the details for me i think that's what's so good about it is because even though i've seen it so many times i feel like i pick up on different things each time whether it's another theme or whether it's something in the music that maybe i didn't hear in the same way it's i just think there's so much detail in there and i think they did a good job from that aspect of it and this was only my second time seeing the movie but i will say i think i've seen the we don't talk about Bruno sequence easily 25 times. Well, and that's something like start that to finish. I love yeah. that song. I love that sequence and we'll go into it. Well, and when we uh, did the mini tale, I think we recorded it in January of 2022. This came out, I believe, in the fall of 2021. Uh, and that's late November. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And that's all we knew about it was like, why don't we talk about Bruno? What's going Who's on? Bruno? And, why? <laughs> and we were going to wait until now to do it, which I'm so glad we didn't because it's been over a year <laughs> for us to get to Encanto. But uh, so many people were like, no, you have to see this. You have to see this. And then that's when we watched it. And I do recommend going to the mini tale because it's just our like pure emotion, like coming out of watching it for the first mm-hmm. time. No research, just these reactions. And we did have a couple questions uh, that we were curious about in the mini tale. And mm-hmm. so the first one... It's one, you know, kind of pulling a pin out of something I mentally put mm-hmm. in when you brought this up. Yeah. Um, in the mini tale, we talk about the terms Latino, Latina, Latinx. You, just a few minutes ago, used the term Latine. Uh-huh. Um, and I know that was something you, we we want to share with the, 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 the fairy tale friends out there, what that term is and... Something I think is very cool about it. So if you wanted to yeah. re-educate so, us on that. Yes. And we'll try not to continue to remind you that we've recorded this. Al- well, we've yes. talked about this it's, already, but it's hard for us. It's always that weird place of like, do we address it or do we act like, oh, wow, thank you for that information. for the for like, Yeah. <laughs> we address it, listeners. Yes. You you yes. got the behind the scenes tour this time around. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I am not fluently Spanish speaking. Um, I have oh, been around. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's all the abuelas out there hearing you say you're half Puerto Rican, but that you don't speak. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, abuela. <laughs> um, but I, I've been around the Spanish language a lot. And like, you know, whenever I heard the term Latinx being thrown around, 
I always thought that was kind of weird, like Latinekes, like that's not how you really like, you know, conjugate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, um, there's no X like, <laughs> in conjugation. That's, yeah, that's yeah. very true. <laughs> um, but what I'm hearing more of, like at least in the Spanish speaking community, was that they use the term Latine as something that it, that feels more, that is gender in- inclusive, but also fits the language a little bit more. So L A T I N E. Is it E with a apostrophe? The little. Mm-mm. It's just E by itself. E. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So so I'm f- trying to incorporate that into my because like the you know um for for those who are Spanish speaking Latino was like the the one like um you know term that was supposed to be an all encompassing, but it's also like very gender exclusive mm-hmm. so trying to you know change the language change the culture yeah of that it, this is the second pronoun conversation we've had do you remember that we talked about the the thing with with uh the i forgot what the language is called if you're from the philippines i don't know if it's called filipino i think it's filipino but it's the but, idea that they uh, don't they don't do gendered pronouns yes yeah. yeah, so we talked about this in raya with yeah, I guess so, that's yeah. so like sometimes you get asian people asian older asian you know who speak those types of languages that don't have gendered pronouns screwing up pronouns and people being like offended by it and then being like that has nothing to do with a yeah. thought on gender that has to do with a language difference which i just thought was mm-hmm. very interesting and this is the romance languages like being geared towards gender it's just fascinating to me uh the other thing i thought was really cool about this was the idea that like sometimes if you've got an older adult in your life um explaining a lot of you know any of the sort of gender uh identity thing to them whether it's just saying like hey maybe we just don't assume we want to be called the male version or whatever version of that is to do it in a way that makes sense to their original language as opposed to throwing like an X in there that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to use a Disney term is a little bit of the spoonful of sugar, you know, to, 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 to yeah, help you learn yeah. that thing to become more familiar instead of it being not only are we introducing a concept that's completely can be very unfamiliar to some of these older people. We're doing it in a way that's so new it's not natural to them as opposed mm-hmm. to hey, this is how you would do this anyway, and then we'll start discussing the concept and why it is. I just think that's very, very neat. And, you know, if, if, if you know, any of you um, who maybe have, you know, fairly progressive older people in your life and have these, but still they want to ask questions and they don't quite understand some of these newer concepts. Yeah. Uh, this is, is an easy way to do it. Uh, I say that as someone who, uh, at the age of, uh, in their very early 40s, the very, you know, I, I don't look in my early 40s, but um, sometimes goes, I don't understand a concept because it's so foreign to me. Like, I want to be progressive. I want to understand this. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And I just wanted but you to. you need a moment. And I wanted to reiterate that because it'll happen to all of it's you. It's coming for all of us listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to go into kind of just some of the facts here as we start to dive in. Uh, Encanto came out in 2021. It won the Oscar for Best Animated Film. 
It was nominated for Best Original Score, but Dune won, Hans Zimmer. So he they won for that. Uh, it was nominated for Best Original Song, Dos, Dos Orguitas, uh, but No Time to Die won, which was Billie Eilish for the Bond movie. But Ryan, you were talking about how had they nominated Bruno, we don't talk about Bruno, you think that that would have won, hands down. I think, and we talked a little bit about this before, but I think maybe they didn't want to do it because it was such the popular one and like it's like... They may I, I, have I also know. wanted to nominate Dos Orguitas because it's all in Spanish. Like they may have been trying to push something forward in yes. that regard. Well, which... I think it might have meant more to Lin-Manuel Miranda and he might have been like before, like in the in the talks to like which one are we putting forward... He might have been like, well, this one, because I think it. Yeah, I also know I read somewhere when he composed that song, he composed it in Spanish. He was very clear that he didn't want to write it in English because the translation like it doesn't it it doesn't like lyrically and musically like it doesn't fit in the same way. So I. I, Yes, because it's really funny watch it sometimes because like. Two caterpillars <laughs> in love. Yes. One eats a leaf. <laughs> That's not Two all. Other, I don't remember. It's like, not like it's, what but it's it just is. like, huh? And then yeah. and it's like this beautiful song. But it's so song beautiful and so expressive in Spanish. In English, yeah. It's just things happen. Here we go. Yeah. Like, it's just it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. just bad. But do it's we want to you know do I mean? we want to have the conversation about the Bruno song here? Do we want to put that in in the second? We don't want to talk about. Yes. Um, nice. I think so because I will say, uh, going back to the, the why I think it deserved it would have won is not only was it an extremely popular song at the time and kind of the the reason that pushed us to be like, oh, we should watch this. Yeah. Um, but I think we also didn't watch it because it like took a month in theaters and then it was on Disney. Yeah, Plus. and we still weren't comfortable going in theaters and things yeah. like that. Yeah, there were there were many reasons. I think we came to it a little bit later. But it's musically very fascinating yeah it's a single you know it's the same rhythm it's the same melody but everybody's stanza is all around the that chord progression in a different way and And rhythmically they all like fit together like you were saying when they come together when they're setting the table everything fits like a puzzle piece which it just blows my mind as like how Lin-Manuel not, even composed that. They're not <laughs> stepping on each other in that scene. It's like yeah. you, can, you can, if you listen for it, like you can pick out everybody's different thing as mm-hmm. a, a different version of the stanza. And if you're me, you sing a different person's part each time you listen to the song. I always, I always do. I always do seven foot frame. That's my favorite. <laughs> um, but like that scene, and I love Camillo. 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 I think. Like, changing into everybody is is fun yeah. um it's something to think about. i i i put this to tara while we we're watching and i want us to think about it we'll do it when we come back from the break who is your favorite madrigal that's not bruno or mirabelle so okay. let's all think, think about it um, and you, did you say you already know yeah okay. yeah i do uh but uh i i love you know uh, it's a it's a it's a popular song it's a musically interesting song it's i think it's also culturally relevant because it's really getting into, I think, different types of kind of Colombian or or, or, or Latina music. Um, I actually just be Latin music. Latina is anyway. Sorry, I'm going to sit here and do a little grammar. You also mentioned when Lin Manuel Miranda wrote it, the like the cultural influence. Oh, it's uh, it's the it's the family gossip song because when you say we don't talk about something in a family like that. What it means is we absolutely 
oh, this is uh-huh. almost the only uh-huh. thing we talk yeah, about. Yeah, and to talk about it exclusively and all the time. Yeah. Yes, it's just we 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 just talk. We just say we don't talk about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And I thought mm-hmm. I thought there's a lot there, and I think it. I really think it would have won. Like, as a big a Bond fan as I am, like No Time to Die is fine. Yeah, like it's. I I'm not a big fan of like the newer Bond songs. They're a little too. You love Adele's Skyfall after Adele. I so I mean I don't like the Sam. Oh, Smith after got or, it, got it, got it. Billy, I haven't seen the new one, but like uh, Billy Eilish's is, is is fine. It's just not my style of Bond song. <laughs> uh, just well, thank you for joining me on on James Bond Disney. Yes, anyway. <laughs> uh, but Amanda, I think you mentioned something too about like it was yeah. also the themes of the movie. Like I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit, but like we had kind of touched on it, and I know we'll talk about it more too when we like break down the plot. But mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I think we don't talk about Bruno. I think is like such a pivotal song as far as like the theme of the whole movie i feel like like yeah like that that song is sort of like you know what the theme that sort of travels throughout the yeah. plot mm-hmm. you know? there are problems with this family our solution is not to mention them yeah it's yeah. To just it's like a problem yeah just keep it to ourselves and even mm-hmm. bruno that's why he leaves he keeps the vision to himself and mm-hmm. he doesn't want to share what he's seen and so you know and mm-hmm. then everyone assumes he left for a different reason but nobody talks about it yeah the uh, other thing i want to talk about it real quick was the, the the choreography of the scene yes 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 um I think it's really cool. I like how it's kind of Mirabelle being dragged through everybody else's little chorus and fantasy and, you know, like the, the, the flashbacks and all that. Um, they brought in some choreographers, Jamal Sims and Kai Martinez, uh, who are both dancers and choreographers, and they choreographed the whole thing and video videoed it where it's like the, the woman playing Mirabelle is kind of just being pulled from different points in the room. Yeah. But it's so cool watching them kind of back to back. And they wanted to do all of this different uh, uh, Latin dances and South American dances and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff in there. They also did it two ways. One was with all their skirts and big flowy outfits. And the other one was with kind of like the unitards, the tight leggings so that they could get hip reference. Because, you were saying something about like see-through dresses, right? Yes, Which was the, really cool. The uh, characters had versions where they could like turn the dresses so they were Mm see-through so they could see their hips you know moving at that animation in there which was funny because what it looked like is it it felt very theater-esque because all the characters have black leggings on you can't see yeah which you know makes me think like does Minnie Mouse have black leggings on does (laughs) Jessica Rabbit have you know (laughs) it made me think of like all like Jessica Rabbit with Spanx or whatever just really kind of made me laugh that like underneath all their clothes like it goes back to roger rabbit where it's like they'd go cut and it's actually like actors like walking away and being like oh it was a good day on set Mm -hmm. or whatever but it was just a lot a lot of fun the other thing that was cool about that was the animators and the dancers coming up finding out uh this this animator had a quote where he said animators and dancers share the same language and that language is nonsense because whenever they're trying to invoke an emotion that they can't quite verbalize they just go mm-hmm. like like the animators like so then he's like bah, 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 and then she's like bah, 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 bah. and then it's like they were listening to the dancers and the dancers are like so he's gonna come in he's gonna go one two bah, 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 and they're like wait you talk the same way we do <laughs> like and they really started being able to like ex- like speak to each other through yeah words that meant nothing if you wrote them down but if you mm-hmm. like saw them and kind of got where they're going at it really helped them speak to each other yeah that's awesome i love that 
Uh, it's also cool that they kind of went back to what they did in Little Mermaid. I think they did it in Cinderella. They did it in a well, lot of those older... They all the older, way back to Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, where they f- did the real live action mm-hmm. filming people doing those movements so then they could animate them. So it's really cool that they did that. And I feel like it makes sense because there's so much going on in that scene that like you kind of have to visually see it to be able to animate it, I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, as we get into some facts, I had read something about Stephanie Beatrice. Originally, she was going to be offered Louisa. uh, And that's because of who she is as Rosa Diaz in Mm -hmm. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And once they realized that her character is the complete, her character, her personality is the complete opposite of Louisa, that's when they offered her Mirabelle. And she is like such a sing-songy, bubbly, like great (laughs) person uh that i feel like she is more naturally mirabelle than she is rosa diaz even though i think there are parts of her in rosa diaz as well well lin-manuel miranda like apparently loved her because then he put her in like in the heights oh yeah he, there's mm-hmm. this yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. really forgot good about that. video about them there's a part in mirabelle where she's like he goes i wrote a trumpet lick and we're like and he's like and i gave it to her because i knew she could do it and she was like mm. like like <laughs> yeah but she's like he's, well, he's she, like that's a trumpet lick that i wrote and decided let's have a person sing this trumpet yeah lick. <laughs> when she does everything like at like double speed at the end yes. when the kids are like tell us about your gift tell us about your gift yeah your favorite characters the kids I just fall around i love yelling. those kids i will talk about them in the second half i love oh, them so much it's fine do you know who they feel like is um the uh, they make me laugh so much. The kid in the Incredibles who's like always watching him, like when he's yes. like, "That was incredible!" Uh, yeah, like, yeah, so yeah, good. So good. Like, just like they're just hanging around to see something cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I want to segue because I know you have a lot of facts about this. Mm-hmm. Um, the directors, Lin Manuel Miranda, and other production members <laughs> and went. Lin Manuel Miranda's father and got his a free dad. vacation out yes, of it. Yes, uh, they well, all. I, I will say, sorry. So they went to Colombia in 2018. Not- and yes. part of it was they said was really interesting was watching them interact and him tell stories about him saying like you know dad tell this story like like mm. I think it was very useful it wasn't just like you know hey my dad vacation. wants to come yeah. on this vacation well like, and it good was, for him for being oh. like I'm bringing my dad along cool okay great I'm, <laughs> like I'm li- like there that was a time you know the in about 2018 where Lin Manuel Miranda could be like. Could do no wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, he's, he, he, that's the time to be like, I'm taking my dad on this vacation, and Disney's footing the bill. Yeah, yeah. I am curious, like, because um, you know, they're Puerto Rican, right? Like that family. I, I, I'm curious if they ever talked about like what they've learned about like you know Colombian culture versus like their. Yeah. Culture. Did he say anything? Did you watch yeah. any interviews? Nothing about that him? specific. I mean, just him saying like, well, we all know like th- that if you say you don't talk about Brun- like that sort of stuff, but like, mm-hmm. and he also <laughs> did the thing where it's like, hi, I'm Lin-Manuel Miranda and we're going to take a trip to Colombia. Like, and he does yeah, like the real, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. The, real, like <laughs> the, the, which I think is, 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 you know, important to do that. But it's like, I just remember there was a whole Saturday Night Live skit with Jimmy Smits where he was, they were, it was all the, the white cast members were like, do you want to go to Taco Bell and get yes. a burrito? And he's yeah. like, why are you talking like that? But like, that's just kind of what it feels like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but I, yes. uh, so I, I think he, 
I think there's touchstones there, but I don't know his exact background. I know, I mean, I mean, I know he's Puerto Rican. I don't know if he's full Puerto Rican. If there's, you know, some other, you know, background there that, that or if it's just, and you he know, may a have cultural... talked talked about it in interviews that we haven't come across too. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> but they went to Colombia. There's a whole thing with the tour guide, right? The tour guide. Uh, I watched the thing and the tour guide. They said she said um, she was like I didn't want to take them on touristy things so we went to people's houses we went to like artisans we did to the uh campesina i believe the term is the people who work out in the rural rural fields and also like you know harvest the coffee beans and things mm. like that uh and they uh campe campesino and so then afterwards they asked her to be a consultant and then while we were watching it last night Tara goes i think they based Mirabelle's look off a tour guide I go oh they absolutely did yeah yeah I had read a fact but I hadn't looked up what she looked like and Ryan was like oh yeah that's her <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely uh I've also read that the multicolor river where Mirabelle Mirabelle and Abuela talk at the end actually exists in Colombia and it's called Caño Cristals I think is how you say it uh, but it's apparently one of the most beautiful in the country and it's inside of a remote national park and you need a special permit to visit. So only a few people are allowed there each year. So I think it's kind of cool that it's like kind of this untouched, like very protected area that mm-hmm. they were able to highlight uh, in the movie. Oh, yeah, that is. Yeah, that does look just like her. That's cool. Yes. That's awesome. Oh, uh, well, and she became a consultant. They hired her and brought her to Disney, mm-hmm. too. Right. Well, she Did was you mention there that? for a day. But that was like in yeah. the thing I saw. She goes. And then they asked me to be a consultant. And then they just cut to a picture of her out in like the in front of the studio. So, yeah. Well, I have some things to look out for. And one of them talks a lot about the clothing and just the reoccurring symbols on each one of their clothing and something that I will obsess over. Uh, probably in the second half is the hair textures and the fabric and the stitching and everything mm. looks so so real in this movie. Uh, but when it comes to the clothing, things to look out for: who- sand and hair was another sand one and hair. Yes, I have like, it in my notes in the, the sands on her face in the second half. But uh, Julieta's apron has plants in the pockets and hands holding plants, and that's the healing power in the recipes. Peppa has sun shaped earrings and suns on her dresses for the weather. Uh, Bruno has hourglasses on his poncho. Isabella has flowers on her dress. Luisa's skirt at the bottom has free weights on the bottom of her skirt, which I thought was really cool. Dolores is covered in sound waves. Camilio has chameleons on his poncho. Antonio has animals on his vest. And Mirabelle, she has butterflies, I think, around the collar, but there's a specific pink butterfly that's like hand-stitched on her shoulder, and that's a symbol of the house or the family. Uh, so her that's their clothing. So like, I know her dress is so good. Yeah. Everybody's the way clothes it are moves, so good, the way it's made. It's, yeah. It's... Uh, I also have some other things to look out for when it comes to we don't talk about Bruno, how Dolores um, and Mirabelle. It's something I never noticed, but people had told me about it. So you have to like look out for it. But when they're dancing, Bruno is on the second floor behind them on the balcony of the house and he's just walking and then at one point he dances with them like he's grooving to the music and when, it's really cool at the end when Dolores and and Mirabelle are close she, he's in between their heads on the back yeah, balcony which is fun if you look at the posters anytime it's a poster with the whole family like Bruno's somewhere in the poster if not yeah just kind of off to the side hiding which like, is so cool uh also Dolores uh 
she has to do everything quietly because of her super hearing. And so there are little moments to look out for with her if you just like watch her through the movie. And this one I missed, so I'm gonna have to go back and see it. But apparently at Antonio's party, she claps with her index fingers. Because <laughs> like that's as loud as she can clap. And I read something about really the only time we hear her loud, we hear her yell, is when she uh, blurts out Mirabelle's secret about the vision she saw Thank you. <laughs> Ryan very, just found like tiny. a gif. It's very, very tiny, but you can see it. It's yeah. such a good detail. <laughs> yes. uh, but yeah, she shouts Mirabelle's secret uh, right before the proposal to Isabella. And that's because she does not want that proposal to happen. We mm-hmm. find out later. Uh, so again, a lot. Disney put they put so much attention and detail to each one of these characters. And I think that's why you know, so many people gravitate to each one of these characters is just because they feel so real. They, the world feels so, li- you know, their home and everything feels so lived in. There's something I want to talk about to look out for um, that I forgot to the first time we did this episode. Um, the the co-director and writer, uh, Charisse Castro-Smith, mm-hmm. I thought this was very interesting. So she's a playwright. She's done a bunch of stuff. This is her first Disney movie. But before this, she got to start doing the Exorcist TV show and the Haunting of Hill House TV shows, mm. both dealing with haunted houses, I believe. I mean, if you frame because this. Because this is a haunted house movie yeah. where the house isn't mm-hmm. mean. Yeah, where it's like the house is nice. <laughs> it is cool that that's her background because I think it like plays in a lot because the house is... For all and purposes, something to think about. <laughs> something to think yeah. about while yeah, you're while true. you're watching it. Yeah, uh, I also read that Bruno was originally named Oscar, but it was changed to fit better lyrically. And also, there are a lot of real life Oscar madrigals out there, so it also would have been a legal issue. But Amanda, I think we were all talking about how like Oscar doesn't really fit with "We Don't Talk About Bruno." <laughs> We don't talk about Oscar. No, no. no. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't roll off the no. tongue quite as much. <laughs> uh, and then I think I, I may only have one other thing to look out for, but uh, kind of this open eyes theme. And it's kind of throughout the movie about, you know, people's eyes being opened by the truth or by something they thought was the truth or something they thought was happening but wasn't. And uh, if you look at everyone's doors, and Ryan and I did look out for this, Bruno and Dolores... <laughs> I are, didn't really have to because you Because I was just pointing it out. Remarking on it, so I, it's an uh, easy job on my behalf. <laughs> but Bruno and Dolores are the only doors where their eyes are open. Everyone else's eyes are kind of, kind of are just drawn with a line as if their eyes are closed because they talk more honestly and they're more open about the good and the bad of the magic. Whereas everyone else kind of just sticks to kind of like the family motto or line of like, Mm -hmm. these are our gifts and this is what we do or whatever. But they kind of talk a little bit more about it. Um, I do have one other little theory or thought we want to talk about. uh, And it's about Casita. I love Casita. Casita, I want to talk a little bit about the house itself and then yeah. I said I was going to do this and I forgot. This might have been when I realized we weren't recording, mm. but pl- please remind me about the little theories about Casita. Yes, now or? When I get to the end. Okay, okay, now, okay. Casita's interesting because of the way he, they move mm-hmm. is through, well that's interesting. Do you guys get a masculine or a feminine energy? I say masculine because Ooh. of the theory coming off. Well, 
Yeah, I always assumed that Casita was abuelo. That's yeah. the theory I was talking mm-hmm. about. Like it yeah. Was yeah. Everybody. So, yeah, and there is a theory out there that, yeah, Casita is abuelo. Because she talks to... Like, well, and the only two people, something else to look out for, but it's a little bit of a spoiler, but uh, we'll go into it in the second half. The only two family members who ever address Casita directly and have conversations with Casita are Mirabel and Abuelo. Mm-hmm. So they're the only two that like really acknowledge Casita in a different way than the rest of the family does. Do you think when Mirabel has children and they have children, the grandchildren of Ressa is Mirabuelo? I know. I keep I keep getting tongue tied that way. Yeah, I hope so. So <laughs> it also there's also the theory that the the Casita knew that this was all going to happen and was protected, like knew everything and and knew the the thing, knew the, the what had to happen. But anyway, those mm. are the theories we're talking about. But I do yeah. want to talk about the house in general because the way it moves, they had a, a, a an ad hoc rigging system that you could move any piece of the thing individual. And that was for the animators to be able to animate it in that special way where it's just like the tiles move. You know, it doesn't smile. It doesn't like have a face. It just mm-hmm. things move in reaction to what's going on. They move realistically and as they would. They didn't, you know, the tiles don't bend. or They just flip. The, the yeah. wood never bends more than wood would. <laughs> but like <laughs> everything is just, mm-hmm. you know, moving as if. I also like that there's things that aren't part of casita that casita also moves because it moves the floor yeah like when it and it moves like mirabelle in certain places to get her there or even like mm-hmm. at the dinner at the um proposal scene it or no i think it was breakfast the next day it switches her seat up well, yeah, is like come like, down here mirabelle <laughs> yes. and yeah so there's a lot of that in yes. there too um but the other thing was it was kind of built to be a you know representation of all parts of Colombia, the balconies had pink and orange flowers, which are from uh, Cartagena, which is I, I don't know how which of these are regions, which of these some of these I know they're towns, but we'll go through them. The kitchen has elements from Choco, elements from Caribbean, elements from Amazonas. Mm. Uh, the colors are representative of a town called Salento, which is a brightly colored town with beautiful, colorful doors. I love a town with colorful doors. The stonework is uh, Berichara, which is another small town. It's supposed to look similar to that. The Paisa architecture is from the coffee region. And the rainforest in Antonio's room is specifically the rainforest of Choco. So that's Very all cool. stuff that's supposed to like feel like that. And we talked about this before. We want to see a casita walkthrough attraction. Yes, I think like I think Disney could pull it off and pull it off well. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping maybe it's in the works and we just don't know about it yet. But Disney, if you're listening, we want a walk around of casita. We do. So what I Uh-oh. would want, though, like Amanda's so, had time to think about yes, it. The, <laughs> <laughs> so the attraction for sure, but also like a Disney short, like an animated short of of like Maribel you know, walking through the the house, like animated, you know. But like I thought of this stupid joke. <laughs> this is this is the whole, <laughs> the, the, whole build the up whole thing. Where it's like um you know, in MTV cribs, like when they say this is where the magic happens, like she could say that and and it just and then the whole house is magic. I love it. I think it's great. And it would be cool because there are rooms we don't see. Right. So we were joking earlier that Delor, what would Dolores's room look like? Like, is it soundproofed? You know, because is she wearing earplugs? Like, is it soundproofed? We don't Does see she just Luisa's want- room. Yeah. We don't see Luisa's room. And I think we joked about her just having weights, every like having weights yeah. and things. So, yeah. So it would be fun to do like this tour. uh 
And also do a walk around where it's a tour where like Ryan was saying, Mirabelle would kind of like lead it and say, here's Casita, here's like the kitchen and and like go through room to room. I think there's a lot of different ways that you could do a live action experience of Casita with Disney. Skip ahead a little bit if you haven't seen the movie, but do you think their rooms changed afterwards? Like did... Luis, because if you, you said Luis's room is probably all weights, and I'm like, but her big thing is she doesn't want to be defined just by how strong she is. Like, I wonder if when it came back, it was like just a room. Well, was, they, everyone's well room is they like, show her at, at, like when they're rebuilding the house, how she sits on a hammock and she's like relaxing, right? Because like other people oh, yeah, are doing things. Not people, the donkeys. The donkeys, <laughs> yes, her BFFs. So I do wonder, yeah. Well, because the doors are now like not each person's doors, right? They just glow and they glitter. They don't have like, I think oh, each person. I, didn't notice that. I don't know if they change, but when they first come back as doors, they're just all mm-hmm. like the, the little sparkle of magic. Speaking of Louisa, we oh. wanted to talk about how. Oh, yes. Thank you for remembering this. Disney at. Something we're disappointed that Disney's doing. Now. I wonder if they changed it because it's I been like a Disney. whole year since I've looked. Yeah, but it, there they are two main it. character types in your character interactions at Disney. There's the face, which is they dress someone up to look like that character, like the princesses, like uh, Mirabelle, like mm-hmm. Peter Pan, yeah, Gaston, uh, all that. And then there's so wait, Gaston doesn't have fake arms, but he's got giant muscles. I hate that even more now. <laughs> I feel like I'm being yelled at. No, for this. I, I hate that even more because I didn't think about that earlier with Gaston. Okay, continue. I'm sorry, I interrupted um, you. Well, that's the other thing. It's not just fake arms; it's a fake head. For Luis, it's a fake head too. Yes, it's a fur character. She <gasps> I is just a thought it was fake arms. Character. Oh, I hate that I'll so find much. A I hate it her. so much. Yeah, because that's basically Disney saying that there aren't like full figured women yeah. out there that look like Louisa. Because the other fur characters are like the country bears and like you know, animals, which makes maybe sense. Maybe Smee and oh. Hook are the other ones, but it's just like it's weird to me that they. Oh, didn't. that's so yeah. aggravating. No also, because when this movie came out you had so many people identifying with each one of these characters and dressing like them and like singing the song and it's like there are so many people out there in the world that look like Louisa that could play her in the parks and would probably love to be her as a walk around character and I think we talked about it somewhere was it this movie that like they didn't make a lot of Louisa dolls, and that's like what everybody, yes. all the, all, there were so many kids they didn't make any that wanted didn't Louisa, any. but at first the merch had no Louisa stuff in it. And it's like, that I think should have been an eye opening moment for Disney to be like, kids want Louisa, kids identify with Louisa. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's make her realistic. All right, hold on a second. This is Let my, me, this I'm, is my soapbox. <laughs> I wonder mm-hmm. if they don't have her anymore. At all? Well, I, I, are you not seeing her? Yeah, hold on. I don't know what they did. Like, all I see are is cosplay. I guess before we go in, you know, before uh, listeners, you go ahead and watch Encanto, uh, and then we come back. Any other, like, kind of closing thoughts for this first half? Amanda, is there anything else that maybe we didn't touch on? Or, you know, we may have said in the first <laughs> version that we didn't cover here in the second time through. Um, 
the food. The oh, arepas. yes. Yeah, the arepas. Oh, That's right. right. Yeah. That's they, right. They, they, well, the arepas are magical. I just wanted to yes. point that out there. And if yes. you're listening to this, check out our Facebook page because I put a Binging with Babish episode where they do the arepas con queso. Um, apparently, the animation team had a arepa cooking class over mm-hmm. zoom and one of the new animators it was really funny she was like is this what we do yeah it was like, like you said it was like her first is, day her first or something day, she right was like, this is great <laughs> um but they just decided to use the video reference of their teacher in the scene so the teacher is very much like i'm in encanto like so she's cool. just very much is the same thing so i, I thought that, that was really cool and maybe by the time this is out we'll have made some and yes yeah. or we'll find someone who makes them I don't know. Like I, I have faith. We cook all right. I will say I've watched. We all it. live in Austin. I'm positive. Yeah, I so. feel like we'd be able to probably. find really good, authentic arepas. We probably should look into that. I will also say that I did watch the video, and I don't think it's too hard. It's just a matter of finding the correct ingredients, which I think we'd be able to find out. Yeah, because it's yeah. usually typically with that kind of stuff. There's a special. I don't know what the flower is called off the top of my head, but it's like there's that book I have that's the the, the homesick homesick Texan. Texan cookbook where it's like. Here's pl- here's what to substitute if you can't find this and what'll be as close as possible when you make like tamales and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So yeah. Anyway, nice. um, we'll we'll maybe we'll we'll have some arepas. We'll do a little do that. a little mini we'll, mini tale where mm-hmm. we just say how good arepas are or, or how badly <laughs> yeah. we screwed them up. Yeah, yeah. What are the two? <laughs> <sighs> so that's it from us, gang. Uh, I All think right. it's time for us to take the VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR. See you on the other side, listeners. Hello, listeners. We are back. We have all watched Encanto, and hopefully you have as well. And so we're going to just dive right in here. There's a, we're, we're not, because there's a couple things I want to talk okay, about. Okay, we're we not going to dive right in, listeners. Now, I gave everyone the, uh, the I, which Madrigal do you like Ooh, that's yes, not Bruno yes, 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 yes. or Maribel? Okay. Start and and Amanda was like, I don't even need the time. I know, and her answer is Louisa. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I find her very relatable, um, Mm -hmm. especially you know, like for someone who feels like they have that burden of upholding and taking care of other people Mm -hmm. before taking care of yourself. Like you know, as as a therapist myself, like. As an empath, you know, I think that that's very relatable to me. It's something that, like, I have personally been trying to work on. And so, like, you know, just for her to come to that realization of, like, oh, I need to, like, balance what I'm doing here so that, like, I have more space to uh, tend to myself so that I can have more space for more people without, Mm -hmm. like, feeling burnt out. You know, that's, you know, the whole caregiver burnout is real. Um, And so, like, that her and her song, uh, Service Pressure, as much as I, like, I still think we don't talk about Bruno as is my favorite, but, like, Service Pressure is definitely a very close second for me, too. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, just just her plight and her character, you know, really speaks to me. Mm -hmm. I think with this... I finally figured out what I don't like about Louisa and her song. 
and it's very, coming in hot it's, well, after it's very Amanda simple. just it's very showered si- her with love. Uh, no, because I like the character. I like her story. Like everything I do you remember said, when you and I'm when like, you watched it the first time with me. Like yeah, it, it didn't connect with else. you. Yeah, it's because she sounds like the actress is trying to do a voice and not really like. When you talked about Stephanie Beatrice, Stephanie Beatrice does the Rosa Diaz voice, and it just you think it's her. Yeah, and this sounds like oh to me, to me I don't want to ruin this for anyone else, but it sounds like this actress is going, I'm Louisa. Like it sounds like as opposed to okay. hiring someone who sounded like that. Again, going back to the whole like women like this exist. Why don't you know? I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, I, I also want to bring this up. Looking, I cannot find any pictures of her as a fur character and I'm starting to wonder if I made this up if it was a dream please watch our social media I will find it I and will, also I will if you've been up. to the parks and Help you have pictures of Louisa share them with us and if we're wrong tell us we were wrong because yes, I, uh, I, I hope all of that frustration I have is not true Yeah. I, what's <laughs> more important to me is that Disney gets this right not that yes. I was right about yes, it yes, 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 yes. so if I'm just making this up then I will talk about it with my therapist um, <laughs> Tara who is your favorite Madrigal not Bruno or uh, I think for me I connect with Dolores a lot and I'm trying to think as to why that's the, <laughs> the case quietest the quietest person. and I'm the loudest yes <laughs> okay no but I I I think whether people come to her or not she knows everyone's business whether she wants to know everyone's business or not it's like she has all this information and it's like I feel, well, you know who I actually know? I take that back. You know who I connect with the most? I take it back. I take it back. I do like Dolores. Mm-hmm. Peppa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think oh. Peppa's got a really hard one. Yeah, because I was talking about Dolores and I was like, no, this fits more with Peppa. I think it's Peppa. So I'm I'm discovering this in this moment. I think it's Peppa because I can't imagine how hard it is for someone to see your emotions all the time. Like mm. she can't have a private moment about being upset about something because a rain cloud appears above her head. Like there's no, and I feel like I wear my emotions on my sleeve a lot. I think I'm getting better at it in the sense of like, I don't want to say better because I think there's benefits to, to being emotional like that. But I do think, you know, there are times when you need to be guarded with your emotions or you need to like not have someone see your uh, emotions for any number of reasons. And she never gets that break. And I, yeah. and I wonder too, like when everyone loses their powers, I think they're all probably secretly like happy about it, even though like it's this devastating moment. Do they get them back at the end? I think, I think so. so. I but think it's more balanced. Yeah, it's more balanced. It doesn't yeah, seem. Okay. Yeah, and she's like dancing in the rain. She finds happiness right, right, in the right, rain right, right, yeah, where yeah, she didn't right. before. Oh, it's hail. It's like little tiny hail. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Okay. So okay. So I thought it was Dolores, but no, I think it's Peppa for me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's now that I've amusing because if, if made that realization, I will say my my real answer is Casita, but I don't think that was true to what I was getting at here. It can be Casita. I think it's Felix. I you do love, love Felix. Felix. <laughs> yes. I think, and it's funny because you chose Peppa because Peppa has a lot going on emotionally, and I really like that Felix is like I don't. So let me help. Like I don't know. I'm also probably projecting uh but like i think he's very helpful like he's mm-hmm. very much he loves her so much yeah he loves being a dad he's also like still like a complete goofball like i i, yeah. I, I like both the dads i yes. like i like the, i like the one dad who's like we're not gonna tell anybody about this we're and gonna then, act like, completely normal yeah i like i just like both of them because the, i think there's something that you know i like that the movie didn't go here but like to me it's like abuela should 
relate to M- Mirabelle the most because Abuela doesn't have a power. Yeah. But and then those two guys, I like that they marry in, and it's not like and when they married in, he could fly. You know, it's like they all they're just yeah. like now we're these normal guys within this you house know, of magic. Fa- like there's a whole nother Felix has a family, like. Maybe he doesn't, but like he could have an entire family over here that like, why don't we know about his parents or his yeah. like, like, it's just such a strong family unit, but they're able to like kind of sneak in and be like, hey, you know, I'm definitely a part of this family. I don't know. There's just a lot I like about Felix that yeah. he's, and he's also like this, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I like his look. That's great. I, like yeah, I mean, I feel like you're apologizing for liking Felix. I don't know he's why I'm great. apologizing. Ooh, he's great. He also like. kind of has... He's also got kind I of that dorky... I also love that it's like, Felix because I chose Peppa, but yes. I literally chose Peppa in the moment, so you didn't know I was going to choose no, Peppa, I, so I that's even more confused. fun. I used to like uh, the chameleon child, but I think he's just funny. I don't really like like him the best. Yeah, so. yeah, just like his, his power, mm-hmm. his magic. So uh, we open up, and it is the 60th motion picture, so it's kind of fun to be reminded of that. And in the mini tale, we're like, wow, when we get to Encanto, we'll have done 60 episodes. Listeners, <laughs> we've done like 150 episodes because 134 we... 134 is how many oh. we'll have done by the end of this season. Okay, so not 150, but... things we've watched, not yes. necessarily wow. little things we've recorded. Yeah, so it opens with Mirabelle, who's young, with Abuela, and it's talking about the family magic and the candle. And how grandma is forced to flee her home and many joined to find this new home, but uh, they couldn't escape and Abuelo dies. And so we see this in more detail later when her and Mirabelle come together. Mm -hmm. But this is kind of the like main bullet points of the story of how they became the family, you know, this magical family. This was also, I think, the first uh, watch through where I realized like the valley is in Kanto. Yeah. Like, I thought just, like, they refer to everything that had happened as our Encanto, Encanto, but they go, like, Encanto's in in danger. I was like, oh, they mean the place. Yeah, and that's why, like, all the villagers, like, all the people come with them. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just her running. And so, you know, the candle blessed them with the flame. All of a sudden, the candle lights up, and a place of wonder and Encanto grew, and then to Casita, to shelter not only Abuela and her three triplets, her her three kids, but also, you know, they were there to protect the rest of the village. That scene later where it's her and Abuelo and she has the paper doll. Yes. And then she folds it out and it's and three. It's three. And he's like, like th- I thought that was such a good, like, visual of what was going uh, yeah, on. Yeah. I just loved it. Uh, so each has a magic gift and then their children got gifts. So the three mm-hmm. triplets get gifts, then their children get gifts. And tonight, Mirabelle will get a gift and it goes to the door and then we get the title credit in Kanto. So we don't see anything past that. And this is where I get emotional because I'm like, I know what happens to Mirabelle. I know Tara what happens. It's emotional. It's like Disney 60th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it cuts to the family Madrigal song. This is where I started. I wasn't sobbing, but I was like tearful, just like weepy. And it's Mirabelle getting ready and she's telling herself to make your family proud. And that's very like real for her throughout this movie that's constantly she just wants them to be proud of her she wants to help the family like that is what she 
is passionate about. And so this is where we get the three kids who make me laugh so much. These three village kids, <laughs> the villagers, kid. the, the boy on coffee. And she's like, that's why coffee's for adults. <laughs> but, you know, they're <laughs> they're asking her, like, what are all the family's gifts? Tell us about your family. Tell us, tell us, tell us. And so she starts touring the home and you meet each family and she starts telling the story and you see the village and how they help the village. So you're kind of seeing all of this. Anybody else getting the song in their head? Yes, like, it's, it's hard like, not mm-hmm. to, yeah. And so then it's like, what's her gift? So they keep asking and she doesn't want to answer. She keeps deflecting and redirecting them. I didn't know this would get so autobiographical. <laughs> yes. And then Tia Dolores. I love when they throw her the accordion. She's like, and then drops it and goes. Like she's uh-huh. like, I have to play it for a little bit and then go. Yeah. I'm in a Disney she also musical. has like the, the shoulder roll there, which is really good. There's a lot the of good shoulder really, movement really with the dancing. But then Tia Dolores answers, she didn't get one. And, you know, she's constantly reminded that she doesn't have a gift. Dolores is not a Tia. Oh, that's right. She's not a she's, Tia. She's a I'm cousin. sorry. She's I thought a... she said Tia Dolores. What is, what is... What? Rima. 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 I is thought that she. Cousin word? Okay. I thought she said Tia, but I guess I'm no, wrong because no. well, she's not a Tia. Maybe the kids call her Tia. Maybe. I thought she said maybe... Tia Dolores, but yes, maybe she no, didn't. She's... I could I could have just written that. Um so, but she, it is heartbreaking that she's constantly reminded, not only is she surrounded in a family of magic, so it's like she's seeing it all the time, but even that guy with the fireworks who shows up and is like, you didn't get a gift, so I thought I'd give you I this. I got you and, the no special special. Yeah, and then the one kid who says, maybe your gift is being in denial. That like made me <laughs> laugh a lot. And I was like, oh. And is Well, because she goes, I- I'm just as wonderful as any of them. And then it yes. cuts outside and like... Luis is walking by with like a huge thing and like all those flowers appear and she's there yeah. like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she even says that later when her mom like fixes her hand. She's like, you're just a special name. She's like, you just healed my hand with an arepa con queso. Like that's like, really that's hard for me to hear different. this right now. Yeah. Uh, but Isabella's entrance is so good when she says, did somebody say flowers? <laughs> she just comes down and Mirabelle's face of disgust of like her sister. Cause she appears, you know, we find this out later, but like Isabella's perfect. Like she can do no wrong. She's never done anything wrong. And you know, that's really hard for Mirabelle because she feels like no matter what she does, it's wrong. Like she can't do anything right. Now, I feel like I'm going to say a couple things here, assuming that if you've come with us this far, you know how it ends. Mm. It's it's weird to think that someone just goes, I don't watch these movies. I only listen to Darren Ryan's Princess Diaries. <laughs> um, but I, the first time, was like, I hate Isabella. I can't stand her. Boo. Yeah. And I did the same thing for Abuela. This time, what was interesting is, is I watched Isabella. I'm like, oh, you poor girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Abuela, mm-hmm. I was like, for some reason, reset to like, mm, I hate Abuela. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, d- I said some mean things about Abuela. You did Abuela. say some mean things about ah, Abuela. Now, no. I will say, but, and then when, it, I think it's a mark of a good movie that it takes me back to the place when I first saw it with that line where I was like, Abuela sucks. And then by the end, I go, oh, right. She does. Like, she has reasons baggage and, and yeah, and she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but Isabella was, I was like, oh, I, cause I don't know. I really feel for her. I like her a lot, but I like her a lot post change. I think she's fantastic. I know yeah. we talked about, is there some sort of queer coding in there? And I we think talked there about is it in the mini bit. tale. I don't think we addressed it in yeah, any of the it's talks It's hard to always today. find concrete stuff like that because, you know, our next movie will be one where Disney flat out had queer characters and there was flashback because we live in a terrible place. But um, I, uh, the other thing I wanted to say that I liked about Isabella that I forgot is, is I like that she like throws, she doesn't throw flowers, but she like, 
I don't even want to say attacks people with flowers. Yeah. But like Mirabel's being snotty and so she just goes whoop and like all these flowers like appear. Uh, yes. Just, like, yeah. Yeah. She's spitting them out. Like, uh-huh. I, it's, it's never like it's, she's not like an X-Men. She doesn't like fight with flowers. Yeah. But like yeah. she does kind of like do sisterly like mm-hmm. things because uh-huh. she can do flowers. Yeah. I just think that was very funny. Or like they're all like popping up everywhere and people are sweeping them. Like I just like the the thought paid to what would it literally mean if someone could just make flowers? Could just make flowers yeah. all the time, yeah. And so Mirabelle's trying to help. She's trying to do her part as everybody's getting ready uh, for what we find out is Antonio's uh, ceremony. And she's talking to her Antonio's parents. Great too. Yeah, she's talking uh-huh. to her parents and her dad. This is where in Family Madrigal we watch him get stung as she's walking around like introducing them all, and then he comes into the kitchen, and then that's the first time he's healed uh, by his wife. Uh, Julieta and so they're talking about all that Mirabelle's decorating she's trying to do something special she lights one of the decorations on fire and is trying to stomp it out and of course that's when Abuela walks in Abuela is always like walking in at the most inopportune moment for Mirabelle because it's like she's doing something so kind and gracious but all Abuela sees is like what didn't go right Uh so I know Ryan's already got like the daggers Uh a little bit of like the Hans energy (laughs) (laughs) for Ryan I will um, say she's under Hans and that she had a redemption to me. Yes, Hans, Hans has no redemption. Did not. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I will also say I think I think we missed this on our second go through. Uh, I did like the bit with the where she's like the house isn't going to decorate itself and the, yes. the flags go and she's like oh no you you look great like yes. like all the little ways and yeah. then like she's unpacking the groceries and as she's putting it down like the tiles are like flipping them away so she mm-hmm. has her, which was one of the things like. I love that at the age of 40, like when I was a kid, I was like, I wish I had Wolverine claws so I could fight my enemies. And now I'm like, I wish I had a house that like... That helped me. That moved things around (laughs) so I didn't... like, Like those are the things like I think about like, man, you know, if I was a Jedi, I'd fight the evil empire. Now I'm like, if I was a Jedi, I wouldn't have to get out of the seat to go get a Diet Dr. Pepper. I could just pull it over. Like now every, every... superpower i'm like how does this convenience my normal everyday life yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh well and i don't i can't remember if we talked about it in, in which if it got recorded or not but we mentioned how abuela and mirabelle are the only two that directly talk to the house mm-hmm. and they're the only two that have conversations with casita and casita talks back and that you know we talked about how abuela doesn't have a gift mirabelle doesn't have a gift that's their gift. Their gift is they are the protectors of the magic. They are the protectors of the house. Like they are the ones that communicate with the house. And like they are the ones like caring for the family. And you said Mirabelle is kind of being trained to become Abuela. Like mm-hmm. she's she's kind of going to step into that role. Well, so that's something that I feel like you obviously have to watch the whole movie to really like understand that and get that. Well, the, the people who they assume are tearing the family the, apart the most are the ones that are doing the most work to put it together. We'll get yeah. a little bit more about that with Bruno. Yes. Yeah. But definitely Mirabelle. It's like she's always like, I'm trying to help. Like this is all I'm trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. I want to jump in real quick and say, Amanda, when you get to the parts that you said you felt were... You, you you had problems with or with you the didn't plot like points, about the yeah. movie. Yeah. Please jump in. If is now a good time to do them, or do you want to wait till we get to them like naturally? Um, I will we'll wait to get. Yeah, okay. it might be. I might just wait till the the end because it's just sort of like is it okay. a whole thing an overall. Yeah, I'm just interested for it to be something like I didn't like the way rats were portrayed. <laughs> nah. <in> this, like, <laughs> I wish yeah. there was more capybara. Like, <laughs> well, there there is one thing like as you were talking about Abuela and Maribel, like 
Like, I wonder if like part of, um, you know, when, when a, when a parent or a grandparent sees like too much of themselves in a child, mm. but they mm-hmm. like are harder on them, um, yeah. you know, maybe that could be part of it too. Probably, yeah. Probably. I think there, I think there are so many themes that I think no matter what your family situation is, I think you can identify like characteristics that like appear in your own family or appear in like your I, own caregiving journey and I things like that. Sh- I do think showing the restraint to keep characters from having powers you know, like they could have easily been like Abuela, like <laughs> I don't know, she squirts water out, so it's like now we've got a toy and it's Abuela and you oh, squeeze her and yeah. water, you know, or something. And they went, well, it makes more sense if she doesn't have it and like she's only concerned with this and like yeah, you know, they don't make it apparent that it's like you guys should get along because you don't have powers, but maybe that's so that someone like me goes, shouldn't they get a, like like it kind of yeah, adds to it that tension, of, yeah walks you there a little bit uh but abuela when this is all happening when mirabelle's trying to decorate she's clearly stressing tonight has to go perfectly and mirabelle really should just step because aside the but last we, one but we don't so know bad. that they yet. keep saying no they said that with the the fireworks guy is like oh, oh the last one was a real right. bummer that's right. you know the yeah. last one being yours, yours. yeah but they that's keep right referring to it as that one how the last one was was such a problem that this one has to go perfectly and they're not saying mirabelle's but it is Mirabelle, everyone it knows Mirabelle. it is Mirabelle. So when yeah. I said the last one was so bad, they're acting like, well, we're not saying something to Mirabelle, but it is like, you're piling this all on Mirabelle. Her. Yeah, and that's true. That's, again, going to my, like, I am super protective of Mirabelle. Yes. I, 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 we will get to this near the end. I love Mirabelle. I think yeah. she's so wonderful in about 10 different ways. Yes, yeah. You are very mama bear, papa bear, protective of her, especially anytime Abuela yes. would say or do something hurtful, Ryan was like, uh-uh, uh-uh not no. to Mirabelle. <laughs> like, uh, so, <laughs> how dare you? My perfect my perfect little arepa. Yes. She's so, perfect. I love her. <laughs> so uh, she's in her room. She can't find Antonio. We realize, and this is heartbreaking, that she lives in the nursery. Like she's mm. never got her own room because the ceremony didn't go well and we learn this through as we're watching right here but she has a present for Antonio they've been sharing a room and she knows he's in the room and so she goes this present will self-destruct in like three seconds or whatever and so he snatches it and he's under the bed and she goes under the bed and he he shares that he's nervous their relationship is so yeah it's really great she Uh shares that he's nervous and she says it's so great to be with him you know but uh, you know, he could he could stay in the nursery with her if he wants, but she's like, you know, you're gonna get a door. It's gonna be wonderful. I like I wish the best for you. And that's the thing. She could have really negative feelings against Antonio because oh. she could have a lot of jealousy of like he's gonna get something she didn't, but she doesn't at all. It's almost like she's breaking the generational problem that Abuela has. Abuela did not treat mm, Mirabel that way, and Mirabel is going to be so much of a better abuela because she understands what each person needs and sees yeah. that as opposed to the perception of the family yes your your feelings oh, for abuela I'm are getting strong heated again and i was like <laughs> by the end of the movie I I know who our villains go. yeah yeah we will get into that yeah we'll get into I, yeah, it okay. yeah there's like three but, things i'm trying to save to the end so. yeah so she goes you know there's no she's like i'm not worried I have an amazing family and the house, you know, everyone's so excited for you. You're going to get your door. And it's kind of this whole conversation. And she made him, I think it's the Jaguar, right? 
is it jaguar yes because a real jaguar, Every, like, jaguar enters comes, his life yeah. and I, I wanted there to be a scene where she's she like looks at the thing and goes hmm yeah <laughs> like, how am i supposed to compete with this but she made it for him to snuggle you know if he's in his new room and he's nervous or you know he's not with her or whatever uh and then we get this next song which i don't exactly know the title of it columbia mia more but they say Encanto a lot in mm-hmm. it but it's kind of this chorus that comes in here and it comes in again at the end when they're like rebuilding the house something i forgot to mention this is the scene in, in the re in the re-recording where they had the corn on the grill and some latine members of uh disney latine did i say it right yeah mm-hmm. i keep forgetting like I get, you did yeah. it yeah okay you're good oh yeah. i'm sorry is it annoying you that i keep asking if i said something correctly <laughs> that's a completely unrelatable feeling <laughs> Um, uh, but they, uh, they, they said like, well, no one's fanning the coals and the people were like, what are you talking about fanning the coals? And they're like, there'd be someone there with just like a paper fan trying to get the coals going all the time. Like you've got, and I just imagine it because it's like the soprano scenes where he's doing the grill and anytime you do a grill, there's always someone going like, uh, you haven't blah, 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 blah. Like I could just imagine that's to me is, is simultaneously something that's new to me but also super relatable Mm -hmm. definitely definitely uh so everybody's ready for this celebration and this party and the ceremony it's led by abuela and she's you know talks about like the history of the magic and the candle and antonio is scared and he wants mirabelle to walk with him and and at first mirabelle's like no i can't go up there like no one's gonna want me up there and he whispers i need you and it is like such a sweet moment and so she's like okay and so she holds his hand (laughs) I want a little thing like a like ding every time Tara cries like like, it's just like a teardrop at the bottom yeah (laughs) Uh, and so everyone's nervous like when they see Mirabelle walk up we all know what they're thinking because Mm -hmm. we've kind of been led in this way and as they walk together she's brave and humble yes and as they walk together she flashes back and this is where we visually get to see that the door light disappears when she goes to the handle at Antonio's age to get her power and it goes out and the candle dims and so now we know exactly what happened yeah. at the last ceremony which I mean that explains like it's it's not like they're like well I guess you got to stay in the nursery it's like there's not another room in this house these rooms I guess don't that's exist true. yeah these rooms don't exist until the house you makes could a room sleep in the kitchen yeah you could sleep in the- well I mean someone else could have invited her into their room like she could have bunked with Luisa or something I don't know but uh Antonio goes to the door and the magic lights up and a toucan lands on his shoulder and all of a sudden he just starts talking with the toucan he's like yeah you can invite your friends yeah yeah they can come on by and then all of these animals come in and you find out that his room I wrote jungle but you said it's it was based off a rainforest the specific rainforest yeah and that's definitely the room you would want because it has like a water slide 100% yes (laughs) yeah and he sleeps on a hammock Tara started saying when she was young she had dreams of having a, a room that you were like my bed was a hammock your bed was a hammock there was she was like it it was painted blue and yeah. then she's like there was actual sand like the beach and I'm like I was with you until the sand <laughs> <laughs> I basically just wanted the beach as my bedroom uh so everyone you know abuela wants this family picture she's like oh it's such a perfect night everything's going so well mirabelle's not in the picture and no one notices also bruno too right like but bruno's been gone for a lot well, they longer don't think he's in the house yeah, yeah yeah they just so so mirabelle's not in the picture and it's oh, it's so heartbreaking and this is where we get i also love this song waiting on a Ding. miracle yeah <laughs> And it's Mirabelle singing. And I love how they do this where like everybody's kind of frozen in that moment. And she's singing and walking through everybody, like walking through the people of the village and the family. And, you know, she's just talking about what she can't do. And 
you know, she's she's patient. She's ready. She's like she's she's ready to accept, you know, what her gift is and how she can help this family. And then a tile breaks from the house and Mirabelle picks it up and cuts her hand on it. And she sees that Casita is shaking and cracking and she's following the cracks and it goes all the way up to the candle and everything dims for a moment. And so she comes back into Antonio's celebration and she's panicked. She's like, the house is in danger. The house is in danger. And she goes to show Abuela and now everything's normal. So now everybody just thinks she's acting out because she didn't get her gift, which is like not her. Like that's not like a character trait of her, but that's just what everyone's assuming. Abuela, I don't know that they assume it or if they're just like, it's we just, can't talk about yeah, this. Yeah, like I think it might be like, that. Yeah. It might be we can't talk like, about no, no, this because fine. later we hear Abuela praying to Abuela, to her husband saying mm. that she's felt or seen the crack so but she doesn't acknowledge it to Mirabel. and so because the whole village is there she's reassuring everyone everything's fine the magic is strong and dismisses Mirabel and walks away and she says the magic is strong just like the drinks right she's like trying to be mm-hmm. like the party get the party going again and then the mom her mom Julieta Mirabel's mom just says, you know, I know this was a hard day and maybe that's why you said it. And she's like, yeah, but I cut my hand. Abuela, like it happened. Abuela also looks at Julieta like, take care take of Take care kid. of Mirabelle. Like, like yeah. you go like, like. Yeah. I you just, go like yeah. handle her, quote unquote. Yeah. But, uh, and this is where we first start hearing about Bruno. Uh, well, we hear about him in Family Madrigal, but her mom says, I don't want you to end up like Bruno. And I wrote, you know, she's othered in her own family. Like Mirabelle mm. has like, basically she's othered. Bruno's, Bruno is othered. Like that's where you should feel the safest, you know, and feel the most mm-hmm. welcome. And it's kind of the complete opposite for her. Mm. And so she sneaks out to see the candle and here's where we hear Abuela praying and saying, you know, cracks in the and are in the home. You have to help us please save this miracle. And she's like asking you know, for someone to come and help or something to come and help. And Mirabelle says, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to save, I'm going to save the miracle, but how do I do it? And so she's talking to Casita about it. And she goes to Dolores who might've heard about it. And when she, she's like, what, what, what's hurting the magic? So she thinks Dolores is a good place to start. And this whole time she's like, basically sharing all of her feelings with Dolores. It's not Dolores. It's oh, yeah. Camilio. So, and he just wanted like a second helping or more food or something. Yes, that's why he, how he gets more food is he pretends to be someone else. To be else. a different family member. So then she hears that uh, she heard Luisa's eye twitch and the rats in the wall. So she knows that Luisa is worried. Mm-hmm. And so they're setting up for lunch with the family after Antonio got his gift and Mirabelle is trying to talk to Luisa as this announcement and proposal is happening tonight for Isabella. So we're finding out all this information. This is where Casita moves Mirabel to Abuela mm-hmm. because she's kind of talking to Luisa and interrupting things. Also, I love that Antonio has the animals warm Abuela's seat before she sits Abuela down and that. she's just like, we'll find how you're, how we can utilize your, yeah. your magic. <laughs> uh, and so she goes to get Luisa and she, this is where we see Luisa helping the village. She's doing a lot of chores and she's asking her about the eye twitch and we get the song Surface Pressure, which I also really love this song. And Amanda, I'm curious just because I work all day, every day with older adults and dementia, but I know you've worked with lots of different groups of folks. And so I'm curious if you ever use this song in a session or use this song with clients had the opportunity to. Mm, yes. 
actually. It was it was an adult client. Yeah, also, that's great. Funny, but but she was or still is a big Disney fan. Yeah, and so that's awesome. It was, so it was yeah, it yeah. it fit and that's Does she great. Listen to mm-hmm. the podcast? No, oh. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> that's not necessarily too. something <laughs> that... Oh, no, sorry. I just want to make sure. <laughs> I don't know. Know. We, we can use, yeah, use the downloads. How ethical and appropriate anyway. it is yeah, okay. to just anyway. be like, hey, <laughs> listen to things that I'm in. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I this to me, the first time I heard it, I was like, this song can be therapeutic to so many people. It could be used in so many different ways. She's talking about everything that's under the surface, right? And mm-hmm. that she's worthless if she's not of service. And she's giving... You you know, everybody gives her all the heavy things. And, you know, we see this depicted visually. We see this in her words in the song. And, you know, Ryan and I talked about it. They're only defined by their power. Like, they're not defined as individuals. And I feel like that, for me, resonates because a lot of times when people ask me things about me, my first thing is to define me by what I do, but I'm more than just what I do. And I think too, Amanda, going back to being an Mm. empath and like the kind of music therapist that I know we are, a lot of times that gets blurred, right? Because that is who we are and that's why we chose this profession, but we are more than the profession. And it's like this, it becomes this very like gray area. And I feel like this song really highlights that a lot and i don't yeah. know it's so powerful i love this song so much yeah and and i think it's also like like to me like the doing versus being thing is, mm-hmm. is definitely part of it and you know i feel like in western idealism the doing is almost always like like how are you successful how are yeah. you yeah. you know um, what de- what defines of, or determines success like what that looks right. like yeah yeah and it's and it's almost never rest mm-hmm. right yeah and so like i i really like connect with that too or it's yeah. just like can can we balance it out so that like rest can be still part of an equation of like who we are and and not feel like we need to uphold a specific expectation of like yeah and you feel know. guilty for the rest. Like I can, right. I can speak on that. And also I forget specifically what I was talking about uh, with my therapist one day, but she's like, we're grown women. Like if we want to just like lay on the couch, like you can lay on the couch. Like, but that's something mm-hmm. it goes back to everything you're saying. Like, that go, go, go mentality and that mentality uh-huh. of like, well, to be successful, I need to make like X amount of money or I need to have like this position or this title, this job title or whatever. But like rest and self-care and all of these other elements are just as important and can be just as fruitful. Uh-huh. And yeah. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that. I yeah, feel like I, I think similarly, I'm constantly just pigeonholed because of my extreme good looks and and. <laughs> It's hard for me to explain to people that there's oh so my much goodness. below the surface. So much, so much more yeah, under the surface. I'm more than yes. just a pretty face. Yes, that I've, is true. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for, for been, bringing it to a lighter. So I've been deep. waiting to make that, that so joke for a full five minutes. Um, <laughs> oh, so, so you weren't deep. listening so to us. Under the surface. Yes. You weren't listening to us. You were just waiting for your turn to talk. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I can do uh. both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well... At the end, Mirabelle gives her a hug. And that's another really emotional moment because like mm-hmm. Louisa really takes in that hug as if like no one hugs her, you know, and it just seems like this this moment of care between these two sisters. And then this is where she she shares her secret. You should know that I felt weak 
when you saw the cracks. Like I felt like I wasn't as strong. And then this is where Bruno had a terrible vision about it. And then she's like, well, I have to start with the tower. I have to go find this vision that Bruno had. Which Bruno's room sucks. Yeah, Bruno's room. I kind of don't blame him for moving out of his room. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) oh, I got to climb all these stairs. A million stairs. And he even says something about the stairs later on. Uh, (laughs) But she goes into what I call the sand house. uh, But she can't like all this sand falls on her. And this is one of the many moments with sand where like we see this in Moana. I commented on it, but every grain of sand in her hair. And that's exactly what happens when you're at the beach. And it's like you have like that kind of hair or any hair in general, but even how it covers her glasses, it's like stand six to everything. Or just like a little bit on her cheek. On her cheek. Yeah. Cause Abuela sees it later, mm-hmm. sees the sand in her hair. And it's like, what is that? Uh, and so the toucan from Antonio comes and Brian and I were talking like, did Antonio send the toucan to just like, Maybe not. Maybe he didn't know what Mirabel was doing, but it was it so she could have a friend. Well, I guess he shows up kind of when he's needed later. He did, yeah. So maybe he's like, hey, maybe he has some awareness. Yeah. But the toucan shows up and it flies immediately uh, as she's climbing the stairs I love that. and she's trying to sing the family madrigal song and she's out of breath and she's just miserable. Uh, and then there's this gap. The stairs stop. They have fallen. So she's trying to like swing. I guess it's on like a vine or something. She Yeah, it's part of the, the railing. She Yeah, and she swings and she thing. gets across and she celebrates and she stomps down and then a piece of the ground falls with her. And so... Not with her. Well, yeah, I should yes. say that. Falls from underneath her, but she stays. She doesn't <laughs> and Maribel fall. dies. She doesn't fall. credits happen. <laughs> so she sees... Yeah. She sees the rats, the toucan's scared and leaves her, uh, and she follows the rats and she kind of goes into, like, through this door into this cave that's empty, but there are all these glowing green pieces within the sand, and so they're all fragmented. I love the vision glass. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's cool that, like, from sand, sand. glass is created, mm-hmm. and when he has a vision, they're in glass. And, and I love later when he has the one of him and Isabel, and he's just, like, it's so beautiful, and then she's like, ugh, I don't want to do that. He's like, oh, and he just, like, he just throws them. Like, he yeah. has no, yeah. he's like, I can make one of these in a heartbeat. Like, yeah. this, is just, <laughs> this mm-hmm. is just my way of life. So she starts to put it together, and she realizes that the vision was her. And the sand collapses and leaves and she comes out. She collects all the pieces and Abuela is upset that Luisa is upset. Luisa comes in and basically is very emotional, which isn't Luisa and is like, and I talk with Mirabel and this is what happened. And now I feel weak. And she's just letting she's, you know, that she's letting Mm -hmm. it all out. It's like a release for her. And Abuela is now more upset at Mirabel because she's like, what did you say to her to make her upset? And then uh, Peppa comes in to talk to Mirabel about Bruno. And this is where we get the song. Uh, we don't talk about him. And then Felix goes, it was a nightmare. And then the song <laughs> starts. She's like, we're talking about, we're talking about. He's, yeah, he just bursts yes. in. I love that all the stuff, like you learn this, but it's, you, you listen to this thing and it's, I, I think it's pretty clear that like, it's their perceptions of what he's saying. Well, yeah, I wrote here, do all the things come true or would they come true if he didn't say them? But it's not right? like, like he puts the thought in someone's head and then they're like, oh, that happened because Bruno said that with like her wedding. Like yeah. he flooded her brain thinking about rain. And so it rained. But, but it's but- always it's 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 not like the the way the story goes is it's like 
the movie doesn't really go Bruno is a bad guy and then it's a twist that he's not. It yeah. really even feels from this part that like the the family has a bad perception of Bruno. Like it's also like yeah. he said that my fish would die and the next day dead. It's like it's a yeah. goldfish. They don't last that long. Like it's, you know, <laughs> well, like, it's like, I, read I got fact. fatter. I lost hair. It's like yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, but I read a fact too. Either the person who held the goldfish or the name of the goldfish was something muerto. So like it was like it yeah. was going to die. I mean, I don't think we hear that, but like the animators but named them that or whatever. But that's what I'm saying is it's like I'm watching. I'm like, oh, this is funny, but it's also like you kicked this guy out because he predicted a goldfish was going to die. Like, yeah, it's like, like he has he these premonitions. Him. And yeah, you're right. Like everyone has this perception that he brings doom. He brings like gloom and doom with his visions. I also, there's a version of this movie where it's like the, the, what you find out is Bruno didn't have a gift and he just mm-hmm. made these predictions. He's like, it turned against me, you know, like or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was about to say, like he's also othered the same way yeah as he's othered the same way as mirabelle yeah very much so uh and then i wrote about the rhythm of setting the table which we talked about in the first half with the different lyrics and as this is all happening it's kind of chaotic with all these different rhythms and everyone setting the table and mirabelle is putting together the pieces and this and is where she sees her and the house cracks and then the dad sees it something we haven't talked about is isabella is being set up with someone in town yes i think i said proposal but i don't know that i said it was isabella's proposal right. so isabella is being set up with someone in town and it's like oh what a great match would make and during the song there's a bit that where it becomes clear that Dolores is is into, into him but him. is I very forget quiet his name. about it yeah uh, because she can hear <laughs> forget his name because he's just like a himbo like he's like just very like <laughs> yeah uh, and then when she's put it together in her room her dad comes in and sees it and he <laughs> you were putting freak- party pants on <gasps> like, yeah he <laughs> freaks so out good. he's just like deer in headlights freaks out and he's like alright we can get through dinner we're not gonna talk about this no one yeah. needs to know about say nothing say act nothing, normal blah, blah. and then the door slightly opens and you see Dolores and she goes I know yeah she was she's like I know and it's like all the way across the yes. other side of the balcony <laughs> Like she's so not right there at the door. Yeah. Uh, so she hears everything. And then there's the dinner scene with the soon to be fiance and, and his mother is the there. back and forth between Dolores looking like I can't keep this. I secret. can't hold this. In. And then Mirabelle being like staring at her like don't say anything. That's really funny. And then when yeah. she tells uh, her brother and he like burp shape shifts yes and he's mirabelle and then he's bruno and then, and then he's, he's yeah. him but his eyes and then his, are off and then and felix like, is like fix your face, fix your face. <laughs> uh, so good. but as this is all happening is it the rats somebody starts putting together the the vision again under the table i think it's the the rats some animal or something that i don't remember i can't remember but i remember it starts cracking he starts to propose and mirabelle starts covering the cracks casita yeah. is cracking louisa can't move the piano he wants to sing a song before he proposes and Louisa starts sobbing because the piano is too heavy and everything's going crazy like nothing is going as Mm -hmm. planned Abuela then sees the vision it gets put back together by someone but I don't remember who or what it is and she's the vision and everyone's looking at Mirabelle and then I wrote follows rats Oh, Mirabelle follows Mirabelle the rats. Follows that's the what rats she goes. The wall. And as that's happening, Abuela's trying to reassure the village because now everyone's upset Which, because the village is out there knowing he's going to propose. So they've like got yeah. a banner and they're all excited. And then they open the doors and it's like 
pure chaos inside the house you know also the problem with the whole community putting their identity around this one family is like yeah you know it's 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 not fair on abuela to give abuela some credit like to give that family some credit you know that that explains some of it that they have to be all things to everyone yeah so then they're in the walls and this is yeah mirabelle finds the hole in the wall really funny where she's chasing after Bruno she's chasing the rats at first sees Bruno and the lightning which is a yeah, spooky they're collecting moment. the thing mm-hmm. and then he's just a spooky moment he runs away and she follows him and she looks like she's gonna fall in this hole and he she starts falling he grabs her and then they switch they like he falls and she's it looks like him. they're over a cliff with like mist at the bottom <laughs> then mm-hmm. I think this gag is so funny and then he she drops her and he's like ah and then there's like mist and then he stands up and looks and like fans the mist away and he's like huh and the ground's just right there yeah <laughs> that like legitimately is one of my yeah. favorite gags in the whole thing and it's I, good I love Bruno's the, the revelation that Bruno is just weird and yes. it's probably yes. weird because he's been living in the walls and had he's to be also quiet. talking like talking to rats and the rats are like giving him I his am, entertainment his I, telenovelas. I, do I, speckle the I love it I love it so much but he goes you know you weren't supposed to see this vision and he's so superstitious and I think he was always probably a little superstitious but I think it's gotten worse <laughs> I'm not since he's been in the wall but I am a little stitious yes yeah mm-hmm. um, but uh, the walls are cracking and you realize he's he's been patching as inside. Hernando and Jorge Hernando yes but he's I'm been, afraid of nothing. Yes. Such a weird bit. But he's been patching the cracks. So the There's, cracks have been a thing for a lot longer than everyone thinks. cosplay I saw where people dressed up as Bruno and then put a bucket over their head. I love head, that like, so much. Yeah. Well, even when they're rebuilding the house, he's Jorge. He's yes, got the he bucket on his he, head, he, like spackling at the end. Yeah. Um, but then uh, the other thing I really like is how he's like, do you want to watch TV? Yes. And he's made little flashcards of different <laughs> TV shows and he puts it over the rats and he's like, it's like, it's a game show. It's this, it's a telenovela. Theirs is a forbidden love. And she's like, she says like why and he goes well because she's her his aunt but she has amnesia so she keeps forgetting she's his aunt and like, and I'm, like she's like no why are you back here like yeah it's so good it's so funny uh, but they we also find out that the kitchen is a kitchen is adjacent with the rats uh like where he is staying and she asks why he left and you know he just says that he he like he, does he explain it here? I'm like he trying said, to interpret well, my says, notes, but they're a little. Confusing. I don't know if it's here, but I remember it's. He was asked to give a to to get a vision after she didn't get her power. Yes, that happens a little bit this, later. He explains he, that. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I left. Yeah, but he's like, I'm here. He's like, well, I still love my family. That's why like, he was like, the mountains much- were tall. I love my family. I can be here. I can be fed. Like I can get food by the kitchen. But you realize, like, he set a plate. Like he's sitting with the family he's extended the extended table extended the, the tables wall. through the wall which is so heartbreaking and we talk about yeah the a- gift wasn't helping the family and i love my family so i left yeah. that's what he says yeah there's a lot of things that are like people have come up with like why doesn't hasn't dolores said anything if she knows bruno's in the walls and i'm wondering you know there's a couple things i thought about like does he actually talk to the rats or does he just talk in his head and it's yeah this. and she hears the rats but maybe she doesn't put together like she kind of confesses that she knew he was there but also like does she look at it as well it's not my business like he chose to go away like I, I, again the don't talk about it uh, like, yeah i think dolores's thing is she knows everyone's business and she doesn't usually talk about it. it's like when she gets with the guy then she's like i know everything about you and here's what i know and here's why i, I love you yeah and but like I think that's part of her she's very quiet 
But I want to believe that she's actually slipping arepas like through the wall to and Bruno. Stuff. Like, oh, yeah, because she's the one feeding Bruno. Yeah, like, yeah he maybe. might leave the kitchen and grab this stuff because we do see him in the thing like around the yeah, thing. like up in the other floor. Yeah, and stuff. so I don't yeah. know. But uh, Mirabel, she's also like I hear a muttering and mumbling, and then she goes, "Do you understand?" Like maybe that's her way of saying like Mirabel, he's in the wall. Like yeah, like I'm trying to tell you, but I don't don't want to say it. Yeah, I think I like to believe that that Mm -hmm. storyline. But Mirabel wants. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, if she knew it, then like why didn't she like do anything about it? Well, I don't think she's. I don't think she's not at fault for like the whole family is contributing to this issue. Other yeah. than Mirabelle and potentially Bruno. I think Bruno kind of because he left. Like, you know, the, the family is fractured. It's just how she deals with it is she keeps calm. She doesn't say anything. And I think that's... That's part well, of... Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think what she's doing... I, I'm not trying to paint her as... there's there, it's, a, it's a spectrum of, like, what you're doing to help the family is Mirabelle and, like, actively, like, things are good the way they are. Don't say anything that's slightly yeah. different is Abuela. And, like, people aren't different on that, mm-hmm. on that spectrum, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Mirabelle says how she wants to make the family proud, but she doesn't want to hurt them. And then this is where he goes into, I had a vision the night of your gift. And uh, mm-hmm. Abuela had asked me to look because she felt that the magic was getting weaker. He saw the magic in danger, but the vision would change. So it's not clear what her fate would be. And when you see the vision put back together in glass, it kind of has that. I don't know if iridescent is the right word. It's a hologram. Hologram. Thing. That's it's, what it is. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like where the house is has no cracks with Mirabelle. The house has cracks with Mirabelle. And yeah, it kind of like goes kind back of and forth. It. So um, he said, I knew what everyone would think if they saw that, even though he knew it wasn't clear on which way it would go. Mm-hmm. And that's why he left. So he left to protect Mirabelle. And, you know, he didn't want it all to come down to her. And now this is kind of. What like it's all mm-hmm. coming down to her and she wants him to have another vision she's like well have another vision so we can see what happens and this is when Antonio shows up and he goes the rats told me everything Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> they go to his room where he can have space because Bruno's like you ruined my vision cave I need a lot of space to do what I need to do and so as this is happening Abuela is fighting with Mirabelle's parents about Mi- Mirabelle the townspeople are becoming anxious and now Bruno is in Antonio's room and Antonio gives him the plush jaguar uh, if he's nervous. And he kind of has this whole ritual. And we were talking through this, too, about how, you know, is this how he quiets his mind? Like, well, this isn't why said, he has. Does he the... have to do the ritual to see a vision? And I was yeah. like, maybe he just has to quiet his mind. And this is. And this is like his process yeah. to quiet his mind, to like be open to get the vision. So mm-hmm. this all happens. She wants an answer. And they see this butterfly and they follow it. And they see that she has to embrace someone and the Candle is brighter and they can't make out who it is and he's like it's Isabella it's- the scene's played really well where it's like we're gonna figure this out it's like you have to hug Isabella she's like Isabella like, it, yeah. It's like yeah just go hug your sister like yes. right. yeah it, I think that's a point the where it is sisterly argument right? yeah. yeah but it is like hey Mirabelle you're part of the problem too you're not a big yeah. part of the problem but yeah but you're there's, not there's free a, from blame. you have a fractured relationship with isabella yes. like it's clear and they're re reunif- reuniting which is the next thing that happens yeah I'm so that is so good it's I, really good it really touches me yeah mm-hmm. and bruno says you're what the family needs you just have to see it and he leaves he's too afraid abuela is gonna see him he's like i can't i'm not going with you the rest of the way and he goes back into the wall <laughs> he's like it is your vision you must go yes, on your yeah. own like and so then much. but she, but i love what she says next she says once i fix this i'm bringing you home 
Like yeah. you were coming back home. So again, sh- you know, she's recognizing this. And I also wonder too, if maybe she doesn't remember it cause she was young, but I wonder if her and Bruno like had a close relationship because he does protect her by not showing that vision. So I wonder if it's also like, well, they've got similar hair. It's so just like, it feels like, like you see a little bit of the genes passing. Yeah. That like way, it's interesting like kind of that jumping. maybe there was like, they, they had a special bond that obviously was broken because yeah. he left and she was so young when he left. I just went from a design perspective. They yeah. probably did that to put the, in your mind of like these two look similar. Maybe, like, yeah. Because I think that they do a really good job of the family looking like they're all related, but not mm-hmm. all looking like exactly the same like one another. with different yeah. hair and a mustache or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. So she goes into Isabella's room. She tries to hug her and Isabella is just upset and angry and they fight and she explains she doesn't want to marry this guy. And then all of a sudden she makes a cactus. And she's like, what? Like, she's so surprised yes. because she's made something instead of flowers, something new and unexpected. And, and this is asymmetrical. The, and like, it's, yeah. she said that she goes, it's not it's symmetrical. Prickly. It's prickly. Yeah. Like, she's like, I love it. Yeah. And this to me is the like. And this is what else can I do is the song. And This is me when I said it was queer coded. But I think it's also just, you know, I, I think queer people probably relate to this but i think it's also relatable on the fact of like i was expected to be this and now i'm my true self and it's so mm-hmm. freeing it's different it's yeah. also beautiful but in a different way mm-hmm. i i think we talked about this scene where she's making all the cactus where yeah. she's she's making the like sand explosions that are colorful that look so real yeah that yeah like mm-hmm. the powder the colored mm-hmm. powder looks so real now there's something i brought up that comes in a little later and it may just be because she's wearing darker clothes like the color getting off of her her hair definitely looks darker because she's got all this stuff in her hair and stuff like that and i was wondering she seems to have darker skin after her her like revelation and i didn't know if that was a comment on colorism i didn't know if that was something i was putting in there because or you if know, it's like she wears lighter colors and she wears darker color because her outfit is darker with the splotches of color where she's in like a light purple yeah, outfit before so it, it might, might have just made her skin seem darker yeah, like, because it was yeah. like under different lighting or different colors against it mm-hmm. but i just was wondering i don't know if anyone has a thought on that and it's perfectly you know i could be wrong or i could also just be that's the beauty of of art is like you yeah. have these interpretations but I, and I, I wondered if that was something they were trying to say is like we made her seem a little darker now because it's like there's the from what I understand the perceived perfection of a lighter skin tone in uh, Latin and in, in, in a lot of cultures but specifically in Hispanic cultures and things like that yeah interesting yeah. just a thought yeah, no, it is interesting. My brain has many wrinkles. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like such a jerk. Uh, but in the song, I I did write some things that she, the lyrics of like, what could I do if I could grow in the moment? You know, not perfect, but just be. I think this is another one of those songs that can you can connect and relate to on so many levels and depending on what you're going through. And Mirabelle's so excited for her. She's colorful and she's messy. She's not perfect. And how great and freeing that is. And they hug and the cracks and 
the candle glows, you know, like everything's kind of happening all at once. And Abuela busts in on Mirabelle trying to explain. She's like, no, like Isabella feels so much better. Like she's like, she yeah. like, this is such a great moment. Like, don't ruin this. And she yells at her. And then she says, the crack started with you. Bruno left because of you. Everything's bad because of you. And that and is like Mirabelle's a dagger like, to the heart. I'll never be good enough for you. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, yeah. it's really uh-huh. good because it is a very like, let me tell you something, Abuela. But it's also kind. Like, she's but it's like, also her. It's I think it's her realizing, like, every day I try to do what's best for the family, and it doesn't matter because no matter what I do, I'm never going to be good enough for you. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter, like, what I try to accomplish. And the family is all around, and she's like, no matter how hard, like, we all try, none of us will ever be good enough. Like, mm-hmm. as 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 much as we try, and you don't care. And she says the miracle's dying because of Abuela. She said the miracle's dying because of you. And then the house starts really falling apart, and Mirabelle goes to save the candle. And the casita helps Mirabelle, and I read this, that the casita kicks everybody out. The casita kind of protects all the family and kicks them all out, but the casita also keeps Mirabelle in, gets her to the candle, and then protects her so nothing falls on her and the candle. Abuelo Pedro knows. Is it Pue- Pe- Pedro or Pablo? It's Pedro. Pedro, I think. Yeah. Abuelo knows. I think Abuelo, yeah, he knows. He knows. What's going on. Uh, so the house saves her. The it haunted crum- house. Yes, the haunted His house saves her. His soul is now in this house. Uh, so does that mean when the house is gone, he's gone? But the house comes mm-hmm. back. I know, it comes back. So mm-hmm. he comes back, yeah, I guess. Okay. Maybe. Uh, but the candle goes out and the house is in ruins and the mom Julieta comes and checks on Mirabelle but then someone's calling her and she leaves for a second she's like don't go anywhere and everyone's realizing their powers are gone and Mirabelle leaves and runs to the mountains and everyone's searching for her they can't find her the next day everybody's still looking for her and Abuela finds her at the river and she's crying at this the multicolor river we talked about in the first half and Mirabelle apologizes hmm this is where I come. Yeah, this is where I openly <laughs> sob from here to yes. the end. Yes. Uh-huh. It's yes. And Mirabelle apologizes, you know, I want to be something I'm not. And they sit there at the river together. And this is the river where the miracle was given and where Abuelo died. And Abuela shares, I haven't been able to bring myself back here. And here's why. And she shares, you know what she thought her life would be like, this is nothing that I thought my life would be like. I didn't, this was not planned. This was nothing that I wanted. This was nothing that, you know, I saw for us. And then this is where we get to our Gitas and we get that song and we see how uh, her grandparents met, how they married, how they became pregnant. We talked about that, uh, the little cutout of one child. And she's like, no, it's three. Uh, and how they had to flee with the village. And we see Abuelo die and her sobbing with her children she's got her three babies in her arms not knowing what to do and then she sees the gift with the candle did we talk Mm. about the historical part in the re-recording i think we did maybe we didn't say it here just in case in case we forgot i i I think uh, this was we had asked if there was a historical context in the mini tale in the Mm -hmm. mini tale to them having to flee from their village and looking it up this through you know unfortunately the, the you know south america has seen multiple times of unrest civil unrest and, yeah and so there was kind of like well which one is this one and so some of the things they started looking at was the fact that this movie seems to be from the, about the 1950s and set in there and then they did like the timetable of like well the the aunts and uncles are 50 years old back up to that gives you know 
this to happen at like the turn of the century. So they think mm-hmm. it's the Thousand Day War, which was a late, you know, like 1899 to 1902 uh, period of unrest in Colombia or that area when uh, conservatives and liberals were fighting for a centralized or decentralized government. And, you know, it was a lot of that stuff going on. So just want to put that out there. Thank you. Yeah. Cause that was something we brought up in the mini tale of like, it felt yes. like it was based on something, but we weren't entirely again, sure. This may be the second time in the yeah, episode we can't we're talking remember. about it, but, yeah, anyway. but now you have it again. Uh, if that's the case, <laughs> but, uh, you know, she realizes she was given this miracle, this second chance and she lost sight of who the miracle was for. And so Abuela apologizes to Mirabel. You never hurt our family. It was because of me. And then this is where Mirabel sees the butterfly from the vision. And she takes Abuela's hands and they're both standing in the river. I'm like getting emotional, like reading my notes. Uh, and she said, you know, we were we were saved and we were given a miracle because of you, Abuela. The, we have a family because of you. We can fix this together. And, you know, you asked Pedro for help. And he sent he sent me you. She's like, I asked Pedro for help. He sent me you. They hug. All these butterflies come around them. And then Bruno shows up. And again, Bruno's coming to her defense. Yeah. So like he does like, feel very protective. This. He feels like, very protective of her. And he shows up and Abuela just hugs him. And he's like, I missed something here. What's going on? I will say <laughs> I remember in the meeting, I was like, I was upset she didn't apologize. And then going back to the next song, she apologizes in song. She also apologizes. Oh, you mean to the rest of the family? To yes. Bruno. She and does to not Bruno, apologize yeah. to him here. She hugs him, which is a physical apology, but she actually says, I was wrong. You're the kid. Like she does a lot more in the, in the music, which is Mm -hmm. not how I like to be apologized to just putting that out there. Don't sing (laughs) sing an apology to you. Got it. (laughs) Mental note. I've said it my whole life. Uh, So they all three ride home together and then we get the song, all of you. Which is a cool combination. Like they bring in melodies Uh from all over Mm -hmm. from Bruno. Yeah. uh, family Madrigal from everyone's personal song. Like yeah. it's, it's I mean, really this cool. I think really shows the strength of Lin Manuel Miranda as yeah. a composer, mm-hmm. as a songwriter. Is this have we this reached? This is a very. This is a. It's a very Sondheim uh, structure. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, very much so. Have we reached yeah. the point where uh, Amanda, you're just crying through the rest of this? Have we reached? Oh, is this, is this yeah, 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 yeah. And same, you're just with same, one, same, same. one long ding for both of you same. this whole time. Yeah, yes. Uh, so Mirabel sings to support all of them. Isabella, this is where we mentioned what you, you oh sorry you can't point with the point. microphone he gotta talk <laughs> <Yes. into it. laughs> this is this is where we mention about like her the coloring like her outfit and everything mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. highlighted before uh and then you know you're more than your gift and abuela apologizes to the whole family and bruno explains everything he explains like no i just want it i love you i'm your your brother yeah. i wanted you to have a good day like for peppa on her wedding day them and they're like no you're fine like he starts yeah. to explain everything and they're, and they're like, like no we good. understand and the village comes to help rebuild Casita. Which I think is also very important because the village, mm-hmm. I, I like that they're like, we're here to help. We rely on you, but we're also here to help. Which yeah, is something and I'm glad. I have his name, Mariano. That's Mariano. the that's the guy who is proposing. He's like so blue and sad and Mirabelle introduces him to Dolores. And then, I have a cousin. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they're into they're into each other and then he goes to say, do you want to get married? And she's like, not so fast, which yeah. I love. I love that she's mm-hmm. like, hold on. Uh, and this is where I think right around here is when I stop crying. And then they say that they made a, the main doorknob 
for Mirabelle because that yeah. is her door. Well, is the whole house? Are you and ready And then for me to ruin I openly sobbed again. What? Yeah. It's an M on the door. It's the McAllister doorknob. She's oh my uh, she's gosh, put it her is hand the McAllister doorknob. Burn the M into uh, her hand. But <laughs> I, yeah, I like I couldn't hold it together again when they give her that door the doorknob. And uh, she puts it in, and as Casita she turns it, Casita comes back. The magic comes back. They welcome them all back. Everyone has their powers, the, the and then we get the door, family picture. The fr- what the front door has the whole family on it, and she's in yes. the front now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's in the front, yeah. and that's like the family picture at the end, too. So, real quick before, like, let's just do like general thoughts, because I, I have some, I, well, mine I want to say is, I think this is the best modern Disney movie. One, I think it's. Okay. I think it's better than. I like it better Moana. than Frozen. I like it better than. I. Oh God, I know Moana. Moana's always. I, I have to throw Moana to you because I agree with you. I think Encanto is Encanto is amazing. I don't know. But, They're very close. I will say I think and Wreck It Ralph I like the best, but I don't think is as good as the other two. But I will say like part of it is because I went Ryan the Last Dragon was more my speed on paper. It's like a big open sprawling epic and even when we rewatched it a couple weeks ago i was like oh man i really like this i really forgot how much i like this and then seeing a concert i'm like it really for some reason diminishes raya to me i like I raya think because a lot. it's i mean leanne really touched on it in the episode that there were the story wasn't as strong yeah. i feel like this one it's like they knew they had this story they wanted to tell it they put a lot of detail into it and they focused on this one theme mm-hmm. that goes through each character and the family and the village and like everyone now mm-hmm. Amanda, you said you had a few problems with it, so I'd, I'd love yeah, to hear what yeah. they are. Well, like, I think the biggest issue I have with it is the pacing, where it's like, like I don't think it's my favorite modern Disney movie because of the pacing. Mm. Like, I think, mm-hmm. I even think, like, you know, I just, like, there's so many things that the characters are going through that they, they just touch on. Yeah. And and I almost feel like it could have done like a a whole like extra hour. And I know that it's just like um you know, it's it's unrealistic. It's, it's still children like it's still for children and all that yeah. stuff. But it, but there were so many times when I felt like I was going through like emotional whiplash mm-hmm. um, yeah. watching it. So like that is that is like my main thing where it's just like um Moana for me is my favorite modern Disney movie because I think that like they they did so well in Moana with like balancing like allowing things to breathe for a second, allowing emotions to breathe for a section mm-hmm. for a second. And and while still having like points where, you know, still kids movies, still kind of lighthearted, like all of that stuff. Whereas like with Encanto, I, I just feel like it's it's not as as balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that for sure. And I it was reminding me of something that Gretchen said in our Frozen 2 episode of the song when, um, oh my God, what's the sister's name? Well, Elsa or Anna, depends Anna. on whose sister. Yes. You, Anna, who when Anna thinks she's lost everyone and that like I just have to take one more step mm-hmm. and it's like oh. they touched on something very emotional, but like they almost didn't give you time to process it and Gretchen was sharing, you know, she had lost, you know, I think she referred to Coda in this moment, which was her pet, uh, her dog of many, many years. And she's like, 
I couldn't get over that grief immediately. And it almost mm-hmm. feels like they had Anna get over that grief really quickly, even though that song was there. So I don't know if that's exactly what you're saying here, but it feels reminiscent of that where it's like, yeah. here's all this heavy emotional stuff. They want to address it, but they don't deeply address it. And in right. one way, it's like you're happy that they they shined a light on it. Mm-hmm. But then it's also like they could have gone a lot further. So I, I definitely yeah. I definitely understand and hear what you're saying mm-hmm. for that piece. Yeah. I, like it sort of takes me out of the suspension of disbelief a little bit mm, when that when stuff like that happens. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm still kind of wrestling with the idea of that. Like I still think Encanto may be one I like better than Moana, mostly because if I look at it a little bit objectively, I liked Encanto the first time I thought Moana was okay. The first time I liked it way better the second time. Mm-hmm. But the more and more I think about it, um, only Moana, as far as I know, has a WWE superstar, so point Moana. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so now we're going to ask our questions. Yes. We ask these every episode. Uh, how was the princess? Princess in this case, not official Disney princess, but Mirabelle. Uh, she's perfect. Um, and mm-hmm. next question. Uh <laughs> I mean, I think we've all gushed on Mirabelle, but if there's any like oh, yeah. thing specific we want to say, but I think she's one of the best mm-hmm. modern day in our like princess. Is she officially? A- no, no, she's not mm-hmm. like officially in the princess line. Um, I, I she will ab- be appearing very high in our sixty four in our bracket princess mm-hmm. bracket. Yes, so. but I, yeah, there's so many things I love about her. I love that she's vulnerable. I love that, like, I love that she, you know she has this this passion to put her family first which i think she also learns that she needs to take care of herself and mm-hmm. take care of her family in a different way and i don't know i think we talked about a lot of the things with mirabelle but yeah she's great the next question is how is the prince i'm going to go with bruno as the prince in this okay cuz it's usually the most the, the strongest emotional tie mm-hmm. and while as i think there's an argument to be made that the family is the prince yeah we can save those for sidekicks yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. And I think we talked about how we think there is an emotional connection between Bruno because he is very protective of yeah. uh, Mirabelle. So I would I would agree with I love Bruno. I do, too. I yeah, think he's so. great. I love they did such I a good his, job like, designing the character yeah. that it was very easy for them to make him look villainous and scary. Mm-hmm. And then also go, here's a few tweaks. And he looks you, you immediately go from, oh, this guy's scary looking to I am on Bruno's side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's all mm-hmm. this stuff. And he's and so quirky and eccentric in the best mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. Yeah. Not gonna mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like villains are typically or not typically like I'm thinking about like someone like the Joker yeah, in Batman, where where it's like they're uh, they've been othered in some way, whereas like you know um, Bruno is almost in that camp, but like um, you know this movie did so well with like trying to empathize with mm-hmm. yeah. his other. Yeah. Well, Bruno also hasn't poisoned the Gotham Reservoir, so that's you know one <laughs> one, one point his, for him. Yes, his, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, he shares. I think Ryan, you said that when we were watching it. Like at first, you wonder, is he the villain? Right, with the way yeah. that he's portrayed and this mystery behind him and whatnot. Well, we don't talk about Bruno. Feels like a villain's song, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he and he apparently he like 
they were in a meeting. He's like, oh, it's a ghost story. John he's, Leguizamo. Oh, no, no, no. Or, uh, Lin-Manuel Lin Miranda. Lin-Manuel, okay. He's like, oh, it's a ghost story. It's about how terrible this guy is. And like started playing the main beat on the mm. piano. And they're like, did you just write the song right now? And he's like, yeah. He's like, well, I guess that's one thing we don't have to worry about. Like yeah. they were all like, we just saw him write a song in front of us. And I it feel was like bizarre. that's a very Howard Ashman in Little Mermaid when he like talks to the animators and he's mm-hmm. like, so it would go like this. And he like plays the song for them, I well, feel you like. you said Lin-Manuel Miranda like really idolized I think we talked about it in the Moana episode because one of his children is named Sebastian yeah and it's very much the connection to Little Mermaid Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. Howard Ashman is why Lin-Manuel Miranda does what he does like was very inspired by him as a child um well, favorite musical, or no, I guess Sidekicks is what we're on now. Well, would Sidekicks count for who we like as the best family yeah, I member? Think so, so we've kind of so talked we've about kind that of talked about bit. that. Yeah. Anybody you think I just want the kids. I'll you say it again. The Those kids? the trio, the trio of kids. I love them so much. Favorite musical number. We've all said something <laughs> really great about. Is 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 Bruno everyone's favorite or just mine? I don't know. I think so. Mm. I don't know. Let's really all pick. Let's go around and pick another song that we like. Oh, I could pick two yeah. other ones. Well, I'm gonna go with my <laughs> second favorite, which is Family Madrigal. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Service pressure. Yeah, I'm between Family Madrigal and is it Waiting on a Miracle? The one that Mirabelle sings that she's very emotional. Oh, I don't know that when, that's the name when the of whole it. Place is still. Yes, mm-hmm. everybody's still. I I love Family Madrigal. I got emotional when it came on, so it's like I feel like that should be my other mm-hmm. favorite one. But there's something so powerful about her being like, "I'm th- I'm ready for this. Like, why won't you help? I don't know." There, I really love that song. I think it's mm-hmm. a cool sequence because it's something you could not only do an animation, but like really lends the fact that like everyone's just still, well, the kids with the sparklers and like the, the motion yeah, of yeah. the sparklers frozen in time. There's a lot of really cool visual things that do you happen. Know what in that. None of us said dos arigatas, which is why <laughs> it didn't it win. Should not have been put up for. It is a really beautiful song, but yes. Um, typically we talk about, does it hold up? But since we're so close to the present at this point, like how do we feel like, I feel like kids can watch this. It's pretty, there's a pretty low bar. I mean, even when they do the civil unrest and it's like grandpa died, it's like a really simple scene of like, they're riding towards him. He's there. And then it like cuts away and it's like, and and, I, yeah. you know, it's, it's handled pretty well. And I think it's done in a way where, you know, we've talked, I know with Leanne most recently about when your kids are a certain age, that kind of stuff just kind of goes over their head. They're not, right. they're not reading into it or emotionally connecting with it. Like we are as adults who've also maybe right. experienced loss and things like that. So I think, you know, we add our own emotions onto it. I think sometimes too. Abuela did have that comment about the drinks being stronger too. Yes, I don't yeah, know. That's, yeah, yeah. Like that's that probably the, that's cute. I yeah. feel like a kid that would just fly so far over their shoulders, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or head, or whatever, wherever, yeah. <laughs> wherever things fly over. <laughs> um, so now we're gonna do our villain ranking. However, mm. this is gonna be a little bit of a discussion because I am gonna say something that may be surprising to both of you. You don't want to rank her as a villain. I don't want to. I don't think we yeah. should. And I'll tell, I think it's because there are villains that come back from being villainous. There are villains that I think you understand their point of view, but they are still villainous. I think, and it's a powerful thing in the movie. Cause again, when this thing started out, I said some mean things when she came on screen. <laughs> I was like, yes. But by the end I was like, I get it. And yeah. 
whereas I think the general zeitgeist thought of her as she's absolutely the villain. The villain is generational trauma of which she is a part. Yeah. I don't want to rank generational trauma. I was going to chime in on generational trauma. I was going to say, like, this movie is trauma. It's it's like the villain. Yeah. It's also too weird. And I think that's what's cool about this movie. Does anyone have a strong argument for ranking Abuela as. No, I'd kind of feel uncomfortable ranking her, I think, because I really under you really understand her by the end in a way that you don't in the beginning. But yeah, this is interesting to me because I don't know if Strange World has a villain. I don't know if Bedknobs and Broomsticks. So our last villain may have ranked our last villain and we just didn't know. Raya. Yeah. And just didn't know it. That's crazy. Wow. Wow. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about with generational trauma just to kind of give like the thought like. I, I think they did a good job. Like I said, what was interesting was they didn't just go like, grandma, you did this. And she was, I did. I've been horrible the whole time. She does go, this is why. Like, like she uh-huh. is simultaneously apologetic and sees the light, but is also like, understand I did the wrong thing, but there's a for reason For the right why. reason. Yeah. Not even no, for I don't the right even reason. Know. Just, yeah, I don't want to say that. This is what I did. But... This is why. And here's my full story. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think it, teaches people that like you're not the only victim of generational trauma whereas you may be the most like I still think Mirabelle went through it way worse than Abuela did but it's like it affected the family and Abuela's part of the family and again like it affected her potentially less because she was the matriarch and was able Mm -hmm. to like do that but you know I I don't know that's what I thought was interesting about it yeah and yeah Oh, I was just going to say, I think I mentioned this at the beginning, but it's a mark of a good plot line that I went into this movie the second time seeing it and going, I hate her. I hate <laughs> her. And I'm like, you know, she comes around at the end. I'm like, yeah, I don't remember that. I, I remember in my brain going. Maybe she didn't come and ar- I, like, around as like, much as I thought she did. And Let's I was, mur- 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 I was like giving you reasons, like, no, well, this is why she's acting this way. And he's like, I don't want to hear. It. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I was <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. But do you have any any thoughts yeah. around that, Amanda? Yeah, I do. So I think, um, yes, like to sort of add on to what you were saying, Ryan. Too, is that like. The thing about generational trauma, too, is that the values of modern day evolve over time Mm -hmm. as well. Whereas, like, you know, in our grandparents' generation, you know, it was more the ideal of the Louisa, you know, just sort of like bootstraps, you know, keep chugging along. Emotions don't matter. Mm -hmm. All of this stuff. Keep calm and carry on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Whereas, like, in the modern day, like, we're actually realizing that that's, like, extremely unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And so, like, like that's also part of the the reason why I love this movie so much, because it really just touches on, like, how, you know, like, the way that the things were, the way that we lived, um, at least as, you know, Western culture idealism. Um, and all of that, like the way that we lived, like is really unhealthy, and and that that's like coming to the surface more, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, yeah, I yeah, yeah totally agree. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you guys, I don't think I could have said it much better, but I I agree with all of that, and I think 
I think it was a little bit bold of Disney to say that's what we're going to write this movie around. And maybe bold's the wrong word, but I think when you what, you know, like they did it in such a way that because it's a small story, yeah, because it was mm-hmm. such big themes in a story that took place in a house. Now the house is magically haunted, mm-hmm. but like it was, you know, I liked Ryan. I liked like oh, this world you're creating is really interesting, but like. Yeah. They brought it in and they were able to really focus on things, you know, uh, again, whether the, the plotting was 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 pacing. the pacing, the plotting, mm-hmm. all that was how yeah. you liked it. The story, the, the the themes they covered were something they were able to really dive into because it was focused. And I also mm-hmm. think the themes were, I'm trying to think of the right word, but lots of people can relate to the multiple themes that are in this for different reasons, mm-hmm. right? No matter your background, you've experienced some of what this family is going through. You may have experienced all of it. You may have experienced just one of the characters and how they've experienced it. But I think it relatable maybe is the word I'm looking for. But it's such a relatable movie, I think, mm-hmm. to so many people, which is another reason why it speaks to so many people and why like a lot of people like it as much as they do. And then, of course, oh. the music is just out of this world, too. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. like there's so much going for it. But yeah. yeah, um, I'm excited for, you know, we got Strange World coming up and then yeah. eventually not in this, not in the Disney series, but we <laughs> will get to wish, which also looks kind of interesting. Yeah. Know if you see you guys have seen the trailer for that. I've seen the trailer, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, uh, last question, of course. Uh, and I think I know the answer. Do we get a nice clamshell edition and put it up on the shelf or do we lock it away in the vault forever? Uh, we put it on the shelf and I'm surprised we don't own it already. I don't think we do. I don't know what the whole thing is with it being streaming. It's it's like, you know, modern stuff. Sometimes it's hard for me to remember. Oh, we should own this because. Because, yeah, we just so remember it came out streaming. streaming. Yeah. Amanda, I'm, I'm assuming you're the same. Oh, way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep it around. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being on here for a fifth time, Amanda. Yes. Of course. Thank yes. you so very much. It was so great to have you back. And thank you for just hanging with us and talking twice. all things. Twice. In- yes. Technically, you're awesome. a six-timer because you've yes, done this episode we- <laughs> twice. Um, we yes. always ask our guests if they'd like to plug something, whether it's a personal project, something they've been enjoying piece of media lately um which was kind of a bigger thing when we were in the pandemic and yeah, it's like it's what fine. are you binging because that's yeah. all we got to do but still if there's something you're enjoying a lot lately or there's just a general sentiment you want to put out there in the world uh amanda please feel free to plug away um oh i should have thought about this um <laughs> i know this is this being your fifth time i know <laughs> uh I have a music therapy private practice. Yeah. Um, yeah, she rooted, does. <laughs> yes. Rooted Cadence Music Therapy. Um, so rootedcadencemt.com. Um, check me out. We'll get I'm all on that Instagram. Info. We'll get all that info. In. <gasps> I didn't know you were on you Instagram. Instagram. I will follow yeah, you. I finally have broken my social, social media, media <laughs> sobriety. <laughs> uh, yeah. There we go. So, Very cool. Uh, if, if you're interested in the field of music therapy, um, yeah, contact me. Yeah, and we'll get all that information up on all our social media so mm-hmm. you can, people can follow Amanda yeah. and check out what she's doing. Uh, up next, 
We have a mini tale. Do you know what it is? The answer is no. No. It's Disenchanted. We'll be looking into the sequel <gasps> oh, to Enchanted. We were so excited when this came out, and then we've heard nothing but so-so things about it. So we'll see. We've not watched it. So we'll we'll come at you with our, our feelings and our thoughts, because we love Enchanted. So. As, as always, get at us for the uh, mailbag episode. Get on uh, Facebook or the Instagram, where we'll be doing the tweener. Uh, it probably has already started when this came out, but the tweener um, bracket where we decide what non-Disney random animated or stop-motion movie we're going to watch during the break and do as a regular episode. So mm-hmm. vote there. Uh, you know, Always rate, review, subscribe. And uh, until then, we'll see you next time. All right. Take care, listeners. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you've got a Disney story to share, a bone to pick with us, or just want to say hello, call the Princess Diaries hotline at 707-YO-TRPD1. That's 707-968-7731. You can send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com, tweet at us at trpdiaries on Twitter, or check out our Instagram at trprincessdiaries. Join the Facebook group to post Disney memes, vote in our Disney theme brackets, and meet other fairy tale friends. Facebook.com slash groups slash TR Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five star review. Check out pods.link slash TR Princess Diaries for all the places you can find us on the web, including how you can support us through our coffee account or our Redbubble merchandise store. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh